0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is the Sunday Recap Show. Oh, yeah. It's time to get down and dirty and break down every single game from around the NFL in week two with the NFL super friends, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? Yo, yo, yo. Uh, If you want to see what Ryan's luxurious podcast room in the Stanford, Connecticut CBS HQ headquarters. Looks like go on over to youtube.com slash pick six and you can watch us on YouTube. You can stream every show there. we post every show to, uh, to YouTube. And since it's a pandemic and I haven't shaved and um, I always, you can always see me in a hat talking to a microphone in my office. If that's what you're into, if you really like it, And this is where I have to ask you for a favor. Everybody who listens to this podcast on the reg, if you like what we do, good news. For a long story, it's a long story, so I'm not going to explain it, but we have a daily NFL show coming to CBS Sports HQ starting today on Monday, September 21st at 4 p.m. Eastern. Myself, John Breach, and Brady Quinn. We'll be breaking down week two on CBS Sports. Did I, say, did I miss you, Ryan? What did I say?
1: You said myself, John Breach, and Brady
0: Quinn. Oh, did I not say Ryan Wilson? I meant all of us, sorry. And Ryan Wilson will be breaking down all the action from week two. To watch that, it is free. Go to CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app, whether you're on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Xbox, whatever it is, or you can go to cbsports.com. Now, the reason I implore you to help us out here, Pete Prisco was in the 4 p.m. slot. We are now taking over the 4 p.m. slot. If we get significantly more viewers than Pete, I will be able to rub it in his face nonstop for several months and potentially years. So, everybody go and watch. 4 o'clock Eastern, p.m., CBS Sports HQ, Pick 6 Show. Get a lot of laughs.
2: I will say that I have noticed that our bosses are basically doing this giant social experiment of how much time can we make Brinson, Wilson and Breach spend together before they get absolutely sick of each other. Uh, yeah. It's a fun, it hasn't happened yet, but you know, we're, we're walking that, we're dancing that fine line. It could, it could happen. And and Ryan's in a broom closet right now and you know, he's going to get tired of that and we'll keep working and Brinson will make fun of how I pronounce things. And eventually uh, you know, Birds are gonna start laying eggs in Brinson's beard. He's not gonna be on TV anymore. It's just, it's gonna get out of hand eventually, but we are not there
0: yet. Wait, what do you th- what do you think about poor Debo? He like in order to get a promotion, he has to like hear me talk eight times a week.
1: Oh, that's the true victim in all of this. I mean, forget about Breach and me and you. It's like Live a in-
0: Truman Show situation. That's right. It's like us
1: living in a house. Like the joke is us living in a house together, seeing which one cracks first. Debo's back there behind the scenes banging his head against the wall because, you know, he didn't study hard enough in school. This is what he got stuck doing. All
0: right. Uh, Well, you know, you mentioned Debo's school. He went to uh, Penn State. It was, that's the headliner. It was a rough day for a former Penn State superstar turned New York giant, Saquon Barkley, headlines the list of, I mean, I I feel like, and maybe it's because a lot of them were skill position guys, but it was a, horrible day for injuries across the NFL as exciting and as cool as it was to have NFL football uh, a golf major playoff basketball like very important baseball happening all those things happening at once it was still devastating to see all the injuries from around the league do guys do we think and here let's Saquon Barkley the Giants believe a torn ACL out for the season, likely. That's according to most reports. It would be shocking if he plays again this year. The Giants look like they're going to be terrible anyway. Christian McCaffrey banged up his ankle. Devontae Adams uh, suffered a hamstring injury. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered an ankle injury. Raheem Mostert uh, suffer, suffered a uh, sprained MCL. By the way, the Giant, the, the 49ers players, we'll talk about them in a minute, Um Drew Locke was knocked out with a right shoulder injury. Nick Bosa, they believe, tore his ACL. Malik Hooker suffered an Achilles injury. Caleb McGarry of the Falcons suffered a knee injury. Solomon Thomas also suffered a knee injury for the 49ers. A lot of those on that turf in MetLife Stadium. Paris Campbell suffered a knee injury and had to be carted off for the for the Colts after having a semi-breakout week one. Anthony Barr of the Vikings was out with a shoulder injury. Byron Jones out with a groin injury. And Sterling Shepard out with a toe injury. That is just uh, the, the tip of, I mean, it's not the tip of the iceberg, but that's sort of the headliners there. Guys, do we think that this is a byproduct of the NFL having to play a season without a preseason without a full off season, Or is this just a sort of the cost of doing business for, for, for football in general?
2: I think well, it's the first thing. But go Wilson. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, um, soft tissue injury, sure. Hamstrings, whatever. I mean, yes, if you, And, you know, Scott Pioli talked about this on Sunday on HQ about how if you have these finely tuned athletes who are used to running and hitting and doing all these things and run, you know, ramping up to that starting in August with with training camp and then preseason and you don't have preseason and then your full speed go. Like the analogy would be you have a Ferrari in the garage and you pull it out in in upstate New York in in December and just fire it up and start doing donuts. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not good for the car. You got to sort of warm up into it. Now the, 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 did Scott thing, Pioli do
0: that? no, uh,
1: uh, of course I, I came with that. He came with the common sense and I just made it stupid. Okay.
0: No, no, no. I was just curious if you were just completely hijacking Scopioli's analogy. Or, or a
2: better analogy would be you decide to run a marathon and you only train for two weeks. <laughs> and then when the marathon's <laughs> over, you're going to be beat up. You're going to be injured, kind of like everyone out. Or you don't today.
0: make it through the marathon.
2: Because or you're, no, you're, <laughs>
1: we're missing the lead here or you're John Breach and you run it in 35 minutes. That's right. But John Breach, get injured. Yeah. yeah, why are you not bragging on yourself? Or is that because you... Well, Ryan, to if, you,
0: if you think about what he just did, he just told you that it was exactly. almost impossible to run a marathon. He lied on him. I mean, But, uh, right. I look, it's hard thing, not to...
1: One thing quickly, though. The Achilles stuff, like the your ACL, I don't think that has anything to do with training. It's It's ligaments and getting, like... No, look, know. Nick Bosa got jacked up. Um, and I then, didn't see the Boz injury because I was actively avoiding. And Saquon that. Barkley, it was a non-contact injury, I believe.
0: Saquon got hurt on the play before. It looked like he hyperextended his left arm. And right, then he, and he came and back then he out. Came back out, and then and then went down and grabbed his right knee. So I don't
1: think the like the, the tearing your ACL is usually a freak accident. Or at, to Kyle Shanahan's point, I, and we need to find out the details. He mentioned
0: there was new turf at MetLife Stadium. Diana Rossini of ESPN. Um, tweeted a little while ago that she's been texting with 49ers players who are concerned about how – because they got to come back and play the Giants next week.
1: When do they put the turf in? Because the Giants and the Steelers played there, and there was no talk of the turf. doesn't mean it wasn't new. We just didn't hear anything about it. That's all I'm saying.
0: I, I, I doubt they were playing. They,
2: they were on the same turf, though. That This was yeah. the second game played okay. on that turf. So it was just installed before yeah. – I think theoretically it would have been there for the preseason game. So it would have been four games, two preseasons for the Jets, two for the Giants – but that's not where it got broken in. It got broken in that Monday night game. Uh, and, you know, like you said, there wasn't very many big headlines out of that. So maybe the 49ers were just blaming it on the turf and these injuries would have happened on any turf. I, I You know, like there's not a big enough sample size, I think, to uh know what the situation was there. But I do disagree a little bit with Ryan. I think that the injuries ha- did have a lot to do with the fact that, you know, in preseason, if there are games, you can at least start to go full speed. You're not really going a thousand percent in practice trying to kill your teammates. You know, you're, you're, you might be going fast, 80, 90%, but it, it is hard to go with an edge because you're playing against guys. You know, you don't do that until you get into a game. So, I mean, we've all done it before where you haven't gone for a run for a month or you haven't worked out for a month. All of a sudden that first run or that first workout, you are sore the next day, even though you ran a half a mile or did an easy workout. You're still hurting. And so these players are still in their first two weeks of going 100 percent, which they haven't done since last year, since last December. And so I think that does probably play a big factor Reach, in why we're
1: seeing all say, these injuries. One thing is that Saquon Barkley wasn't going to play in the preseason. Nick Bosa probably wasn't going to play in the preseason.
0: Um, they would have played some snaps.
1: Saquon Barkley would have done the Ladainian Thomas, and I would have imagined. And Sa-
0: Saquon Barkley would have played a couple of series. He probably would have played a series in the first preseason game, maybe. Okay, Is that fair enough. Is that and then in the second? But, but like, that's sort of the point. He would have built. I, I would just the push game. back
1: on the on the ligament injuries. But, but he
0: never I, I would have, have been that because like, he didn't either.
2: play in the spring either. He had to keep himself in shape during the spring. He would have also had that. So it's a buildup of everything. It's not just not playing preseason games.
0: Here's just what the, I'll leave you me, with. Hold on. Let me let me ask you this. Do you? Because I do feel like every year there's a week early in the season where it's like, oh, this right. is the worst injuries we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you think that if this had been Deion Lewis and Reggie Bonifant instead of Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey who suffered injuries, that we would be having this discussion off the top right. of the podcast? I mean, that's a great point. No, I mean, I mean, I just oh, it's, obviously no. I mean, yeah. if it, or even if it was just like 15
1: starting offensive linemen. Or if it was Jeff Driscoll and the backup quarterback uh for the Giants. I don't even know who that is. I mean, if they just happen to have to play. No. no. I mean, it's. So, that,
0: like, Tyrod Taylor got hurt and Drew Locke got hurt. If those were the two biggest names that got hurt, I don't know that we're leading with this discussion. Uh, but we do need to talk about that. By the way, Eric Armstead tweeted, at NFL, fix this trash MetLife turf. 2020 is so whack. I will say this. And
1: uh at what I was going to point out earlier, when John kept trying to make points, and I keep proving him wrong. <laughs> I'm the only expert here with ACL history and
0: and any sort of uh, yeah. And you history. went in to the doctor and said, "My buddy Will told me Philip Rivers was healed in three months." He's like, "Yeah, you're not Philip Rivers, pal."
1: This is also right. true. But you're my point
0: along no, my Moving my, my, uh,
1: my point is this: uh, I don't understand. Like ACL injuries happen more often on turf. I don't know why they don't play on grass. Like, why wouldn't you want? Like soccer players don't play on, on turf because it's not good for you and they they all weigh 140 pounds. If you have guys that are between 240 and 320, clearly their bodies aren't built to carry that frame. Why not make it easier for them by
0: playing on grass? Uh, why don't we get a turf grass management person and get dive into that later? NC State, you should know that.
2: The- well, I feel like grass is easier to maintain in Southern cities, cause you look at like Heinz Field, Ryan, that field always ends up in crappy shape by the time or he gets to November field. or FedEx Field or Soldier Field. And so it almost becomes a home field advantage. But once the field's crappy, that's not it's safe for worse. players either.
0: Right. Okay. That, 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 that's not true, but go ahead. We will undoubtedly discuss more of these injuries through the well, John, lies. I can't,
1: I can't let them go without. Well, factors.
0: what's not true? Um,
1: muddy fields aren't bad. They're safer for you than, than sticky turf, which is what the, the RG3 sport.
2: would like a word. Russell Wilson almost like lost his leg on Levi's Field. I listen because there was like a muddy hole.
1: Brinson wants to move on, but you guys can apologize to me next Sunday when I prove you wrong when I bring my facts.
2: Thank you. I can't wait till you bring your lawn guy onto the podcast.
0: <laughs> this is Steve. He mows my lawn. <laughs> he confirms um, that he. We just, do have to cover sixteen games. Well, quit tell Breach to quit line, and you quit backing him up. That's all. Well, you
2: shouldn't gonna... have started with injuries then. Maybe we should have ended with that.
0: All right, look, that was a headline story of the day. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, eleven teams will begin the season two and O because, as we well know, the Raiders and the Saints both undefeated, and so that means they will get to uh they will get to two and O. That is tied with two thousand eight, two thousand six, and nineteen ninety eight for the most in a single season, and perhaps no team that got to two and O was more impressive than the Russell Wilson led Seattle Seahawks who beat the Patriots. 35-30 to 30 on Sunday night football. The Seahawks covered barely the 4.5, the over 45 hit very easily. Top fantasy performers were Russell Wilson with 42 points, Cam Newton with 35 points, and Julian Edelman with 17 points. Julian Edelman, by the way, would not have predicted this. Set his career high in receiving yards in his second game with Cam Newton. I mean, he played a lot of games with Tom Brady and set uh it, it, very banged up tough game for him. I mean just fought like a warrior, very impressive. And the, the Patriots had a chance to win. Edelman barely missed a touchdown catch, uh and then Cam had it. They had the ball at the one. They ran power quarterback up the middle. 2 seconds left and Cam was stuffed. Russell Wilson went 21 of 28 with 288 yards and five touchdowns and plus an interception. He has nine passing touchdowns this season and 11 incompletions, uh which is ridiculous and that sets a Seahawks record for most passing touchdowns in his first two games um i have a quick well, question are yes. we gloss, are we glossing over
1: that julian edelman dropping the end zone i mean he should have caught that ball
0: yeah Cam came through a little high but he should have caught it
1: julian edelman catches that ball nine times out of ten right he
0: was he was gas man when he when, did you see That's him when fine, he tried to get but, up i mean you gotta catch it they yeah, win the I'm game
1: catch
3: it.
0: well let me ask you this do you have any problem with the play call at the end by the patriots they ran a, a, a qb power run with cam newton Initially got a great block and the Seahawks made a fantastic second surge, flipped up into Cam. He didn't even make it back to the line of scrimmage and the, the game was over.
1: I'll just say this and Breach thing can answer. I think it was a much higher percentage play from the one yard line to do the Tom Brady under the center sneak. That thing that thing converts every single time. So that was sort of weird, especially when Cam Newton's your quarterback. But that was my first thought when the play didn't work.
2: I think it's funny that I feel like this is turning into a the Olympics of arguing every time the Patriots and Seahawks play, which is like every four years, we are arguing about what happened or should have happened on the one yard line. And Brent, I think we actually agreed on what the Patriots should have done. I think Cam Newton holding the ball is a high percentage play But why not run a run pass option? Why not keep the Seahawks' defense honest? The Seahawks loaded up the box. They were 100% ready for a Cam Newton run. If you do anything, line up a receiver out there. Have someone run around. I don't care who. And if there is any threat to throw, the Seahawks can't put 11 guys in the box and kill Cam Newton. That's what they did. Cam Newton did not have
0: a chance to score on this play. I, I disagree. I think he had a chance to score. I think that the guy who got the fullback, took Delo, on his knees was that
1: hill yeah 42 yeah. It was a third safety he wasn't supposed to be out there cuz Diggs got kicked out and then um Marquis Blair
0: got hurt that's right yeah uh, you can tell Ryan had to watch it at the office really locked into this game yeah. um I, yeah, I just think that I mean I think Cam had a chance to score they've been dominating with that run, that play all night I understand what they were doing and look I, I thought it was weird you never see this but Bill Belichick took off his headset before the play call he basically was like look we're going to run this play. Everybody knows we're going to run this play. Let's find out. Um, yeah, you know, let's see who, uh, let's, let's see who can execute better.
1: I'm not, I'm with Breach. I'm not convinced he had a chance because 42 blew up the play. And then LJ Collier, the first round pick last year, who did absolutely nothing as a rookie, finished up the play and, and tackled Cam, whatever the two yard line, whatever that was.
0: Well, I mean, it's easy to say he never had a chance when he, when he gets stopped. But I mean, like, if you go back and watch it, it he very clearly had some lanes. Now, having said that, I still think. I would have liked to see the Patriots, as Breach point out, like, put a, put a pass option in there. What about Cam under center? Yeah, I'd be fine with that too. Cam under center and just sneak it. Cause the other thing is, on those sneaks, and this is why the Tom Brady thing is so effective, if you get any kind of push. Any. They are giving you the benefit of the doubt and calling it a touchdown there. I mean, Cam, look, Cam's been awesome. He's got five rushing touchdowns in the season. The Patriots offenses look good. Cam threw for, uh, 300 and- 397. Three hundred ninety-seven. Yeah, that's a monster game from camp. I mean,
1: if he wasn't playing Russell Wilson, you'd be like, okay, this guy's the MVP because he balled out. Because last week we're like, oh, he can only run the ball, and they're going to get him killed. Eh, this is going to change week to week, and and they, I mean, seriously, Russell Wilson was the reason they lost that game because there is no answer for Russell Wilson. We know the Patriots defense is really good. D.K. Metcalf was going after it with Steph Gilmore, which was fun to watch. He, typically, he guys, spoke to him on that touchdown catch. Typically, guys don't go after Steph Gilmore like that. So that that was fun to watch. But every single time – in fact, the biggest liability on that Seahawks offense, Greg Olson. <laughs> I mean, he gave, he gave, he. I don't. He was playing volleyball with the first uh, pass that ended up being a pick six. Yep. And, and I think we should give Russell that touchdown, unless he count as a touchdown for Russell because it was such a <laughs> At play. least
0: not as, right? <laughs> not, not as an interception, right? Not
1: as an interception and completion.
0: But, yeah, I, I mean – by the way, Russell five touchdowns of five different receivers. That's kind of crazy.
1: No, six to six. I am counting that interception. <laughs>
0: okay, six, yeah, including uh including the McCourty. Does but does McCourty, uh,
1: yeah, I am yeah. not sure which one does. Um, do you think the thirty other general managers are wishing on some level they signed Cam Newton
0: just to at, vote, vote at least? It? I mean, I said it last week. Like, why? How do we screw up and let Bill Belichick get Cam Newton? How do we do that? He goes twenty he years to Tom trying. Brady and he gets Cam Newton and. I mean I do I do think that and this I don't think it's 30 other general managers because cam only wanted to go somewhere where he he had an opportunity to earn the starting job like a legitimate opportunity you know he didn't want to go play in Miami and where they're like or like or you know Los Angeles where they're like, well listen we got Justin Herbert so if this doesn't start out well you know we're going with um, you know we're going with Herbert and we'll mm-hmm. get to him in a second but yeah, I mean the Patriots if if cam plays like this, he was he was he was dealing he was cooking in the pass game, he looked awesome. um, I heard Chris Collinsworth say it afterwards, and I don't know that I entirely agree, but I don't know that I entirely disagree. This may be the best cam has ever looked as a passer. It's pretty remarkable what happens when it's not Mike Shula calling his place,
2: yeah, I mean, this is obviously that Cam has adjusted very well and very quickly. I think that's the most surprising part. Look, the Patriots are a brilliant coaching staff. I don't think anyone would ever argue that. So it was just a matter of, can Cam Newton go in there with no preseason games, learn this offense in one month when he was literally on Instagram in July calling it calculus, like, oh, my God, how am I ever going to learn this? This offense is impossible, Uh, which is probably just reverse psychology. And he comes in there, and he's already running it like this. If you're the Patriots, you're thrilled. Your second game with Cam Newton – And you almost beat the Seahawks in a game you probably should have lost, and you did, but you almost won. I thought the most interesting call in this entire game, and it'll be talked way more about if the Patriots would have scored and won, was...
0: The third down call by Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson.
2: Third and one. The Seahawks had the ball at their own 31-yard line. There's a minute 55 left just on the two-minute warning. If you get the first down there, it's game over. And for some reason, Russell Wilson is throwing bombs at Tyra Lockett in that play. I mean, I understand you've had a great game, Russell Wilson, but that is how, you know, you lose your MVP votes is that nobody remembers the five touchdown passes if you lose the game, and that's almost what happened because they didn't get this third and one. reach
1: Brinson tweeted this out. I want to see him backtrack now. I'm sure he won't because I actually agree with him. Russell Wilson is the best deep ball thrower in the NFL.
2: I don't, no, I don't, don't disagree with that at all. That's that's a fact. Like he's got a great deep ball. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Th-
0: I don't think you throw a deep ball on third and one so, with under really, two really minutes. Left. That, I was watching the game, and I've got um, I've got like a you know for Sunday night. You no, know, like, you got three televisions in your face. I just got two, but one's on the AC antenna, so it's like it's like a lot faster. And I saw some, like Pete Carroll called the timeout right before the third down. Right, they had third and one, and he called one of his timeouts. So I was like, uh, and you could see him talking. And so when it popped up on the second TV on like the on the on the replay. He used the words "if you have a shot, take it" or something to that effect. I was like, "No way!" I was like, "Are they going to try and throw downfield on third and one?" I was like, "I I must have just seen it wrong." But he used the phrase "shot." He was talking on his on his headset. He was talking to Pete. He was talking to Russell, I think. And then they got a bad snap. But on that play call, why would you not roll Russell out, sort of like you know, give him the opportunity to run if it's there? To sneak it. And then if not, have a, have Tyler Lockett running a crossing route. Those things have been open all friggin' night. And instead you take this deep shot down the field that, you know, look, is a kill shot if you hit it and it's huge. A one yard run is a kill shot. That's the, the right. The game's over. Yeah.
2: yeah. It doesn't matter. You don't need a 45 yard pass. Literally a one yard run is a kill shot. So you're, you're right.
1: But I actually appreciate the aggressiveness because I love living in a world where Brian Schottenheimer opens up to offense (laughs) and Russell has thrown the ball 34 times last week, I think, uh, 20 something times on Sunday night. It's a completely different offense. He was crushing it with the He was
0: three and three on plays or passes over 20 yards prior to that. I mean,
1: if you run the ball, no one's going to get angry at you for that.
0: Listening to
2: Brinson talk about the footage. It sounds like uh Pete and Russ kind of elbowed Brian out of the huddle for that third (laughs) and one play and said, you know, let's just do whatever the heck we want. Uh, well, the reason, the other reason is if you run it and you don't get it, the Patriots have to use, to a, use timeout, a timeout, which right. they also did not have to do. And the fact that they went in that final drive with two timeouts ended up being huge because they used both of them and got down there with two seconds left. They would have changed their play calling. It would have changed the whole complexity of that final drive if they only had one timeout.
0: So did you, by the way, the Patriots, I thought should have used that timeout sooner. I didn't like they cam completed down to the nine yard line, I think to Edelman and they didn't call a timeout. And it it melted about 16 seconds off the clock. Now, it ended up being beneficial because they they threw down to the one-yard line and they were able to call a timeout then and run one more play. But I think they would have gotten up there and spiked it anyway. Or, frankly, like in that situation, you know – when they got it down to the one, if they'd had like 10 seconds left, you could almost run up and instead of spiking it, just have Cam dive over the line with with the Seahawks in their pass defense because Seattle was able to call timeout and get as many big guys as they wanted in attack. And the reality of the situation for for Seattle with their offense, and I know they got a big defensive stop, Russ is going to have to cook all season long if they want to win the division. Hey,
1: let me that, ask you, you, what is this Russ cook stuff? I know what it means, but where did it come from?
2: Seahawks Twitter, which he's is got, a psychi- new, he's got a new cooking show on the Food Network.
0: Yeah, which is like a psychedelic uh mushroom, like a psychedelic mushroom cult. That- <laughs> I was like the old man uh in the office going, "What does Russ let Russ cook mean?" I sound like Fresco. Are you serious? I know you what even, it means. Uh, like, Where
1: did uh... it come from?
2: Obviously, all the fans want to see him throw more passes, and that turned into "Let Russ Cook." Okay, I and got, got it, the, it. Basically, went viral on Seahawks Twitter. The, I the, got the
1: context clues. I just didn't know if there was a. a
2: the dark underground that is the right. Seahawks Twitter. Wilson, you don't even want to go on a Seahawks Twitter. You wouldn't last for three days. You wouldn't last
0: for 30 minutes. Yeah, what, you wouldn't is, last for three minutes. What is doing?
1: So here's one of my takeaways, and we can move on because I know we always linger on the first game, but I'll just say this quickly. <laughs> E.K. Metcalf, awesome. Nikhil Harry, less so. I mean, Nikhil Harry is the biggest wide receiver I've seen fall down every time he gets touched. That was my takeaway, one of my takeaways from the young wide receivers in this game.
0: I mean, it is it is tough because, like like DK Metcalf was a lock for the top 10 and, and they, they ran to a terrible round. three cone because he, yeah. um, so, uh, let's see. I'm just trying to look at the player. And
2: by the way, I'll just say while Brinson is looking that I thought the Seahawks played an A plus game. The only thing I brought up was that third and one. So I feel bad bringing up the one bad decision I thought they made. Cause I thought that was a well-called game. I thought that was a well-played game and the Seahawks offense has looked pretty unstoppable. For the past two weeks, I'm not sure with Russell Wilson at quarterback. I'm not sure if there's a defense in the NFL that can slow them down. No, if if they let Russ
1: cook,
0: they're going to be good for the entire season. By the way,
1: I'm going to start to let Russ saute. That's my thing. (laughs) That's terrible.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, so Marquise Brown, Inkeel Harry, Devo Samuel, AJ Brown, Miko, or actually, Inkeel Harry, ignore Marquise Brown. Inkil Harry was taken with the 32nd pick of the 2019 NFL draft. Here are the wide receivers selected uh, after him Debo Samuel, who, by the way, would have been a perfect fit in the Patriots offense, and it's inexplicable they didn't draft him. And I had him mock drafted every single time to him at 32. Uh, AJ Brown, Nicole Hardman, JJ Arcega, Arcega Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, and then Jalen Hurd and Terry McLaurin.
1: Nice Pats. Right. Yeah.
0: Not great. Yeah, and all those yeah. guys went in the second or third round, and then Butler went to the top of the first. I you mean, guys that's... ready
2: for my fun fact? Sure. I
1: am braced and ready.
0: The final score of this game
2: was 35-30. to 30. That final score has only happened 11 times in NFL history. It happened twice in Week 2, Patriots, Seahawks, and Bengals-Browns.
0: Yes.
1: I covered both those games, which is a great time to mention that I went 13-2 this week.
2: interesting. Oh, to yeah, you. Wilson,
0: by the way, 13-2 against the spread. That is what, was your,
1: what was your note about people didn't want to talk to me? I didn't know what that meant.
0: Huh? Oh,
2: I was saying they kicked you off HQ because you're too smart. Like, you're too brilliant. Uh, uh, oh, I didn't see that part. Okay. You, you you can't right, the anyway, anymore. the Pat's
0: and the Seahawks are both good. We're going to be talking about them a lot. So let's get to the Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs 23, Chargers 20. Chiefs win in overtime. I was hanging out watching that game on Twitch with Adam Hazer. Uh The Chargers cover the plus 8.5, obviously. The under forty seven. I won't say it easily hit, but it, you uh, know, it was a little, little dicey there for a minute. Could, I guess it could have gotten spoiled in overtime. Uh, we told you to take that under on the YouTube exclusive week two look ahead. You can go, uh, go to youtube.com slash pick six and get the week three look ahead with John Breach and I that we record on Sunday night. Uh, top fantasy performers, Patrick Mahomes 29, Justin Herbert 23, Tiger Kill and Travis Kelsey 15 each. And, uh, the Herbert thing is interesting because Tyrod Taylor suffered an injury. I, I think. Bef- was it before the game? So pregame, he
1: went through right around the coin toss, apparently. He had a chest injury, quote-unquote.
0: Oh, here it is. Uh, they, they issued a statement. Prior to kickoff, Tyrod Taylor experienced difficulty breathing and was taken to the locker room for evaluation. He was transported to the hospital shortly thereafter to undergo further evaluation. Tyrod has since been discharged from the hospital. Wow. I didn't know that. Herbert said later he found out about 10 or 15 like minutes before kickoff, maybe. Maybe um, less.
1: I mean it was there was not a lot of time because everyone was sort of surprised. Uh you turn on the television and you're like why is did, I mean 14 and a half minutes and Justin Herbert's out there.
0: Well we were yeah, we were um firing up the Twitch stream and I look up and it's like why is Justin Herbert? Right. Yeah, I mean it was it was just crazy. And so uh Herbert, look, I was not high on Herbert coming into the draft.
1: No me one either, right?
0: No. Pete think it was.
1: Herself of course he was.
0: Um and Pete was texting me like, "Oh, anything well, about Justin Henry now?
1: What think I just now? What are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you talking like that, Pete?
0: Um, Harvard played well. He had a Dude, good game. He,
1: you're selling him short. He absolutely balled out. And I think part of it, so here's my theory. Part of it is he had no time to be nervous. Yep. He, he was putting on his hat, grabbing the clipboard, and he's going to go sit down and watch a nice little game. And um Anthony Lynn's like, yo, <laughs> put your helmet on. Uh Okay. And he goes out there, and he is dealing. He made... One of the best throws of the weekend, I think, uh, yeah. to, um, Keenan Allen. You know, a you
0: know, strike, the, an absolute strike down the field. And these
1: are the throws you saw every five or six throws at Oregon and then four throws that made you pull your hair out if you had hair. But he, the only mistake he had was, was that interception. It was a terrible decision in the middle of the field, double coverage. He could have run for the first down. And he just threw it up the there. Second
0: and two. And he was like at the, like he was about to waltz to a first down. And just chunked it down the field. Awful, awful decision. Get into
1: the fourth quarter and, and that was the only concern I had. But but I, I give him a lot of credit and we heard Anthony Lynn say afterwards that if Tyrod's healthy, he will remain the starter. We'll see how long that lasts. I do wonder if if part of the reason he said that is because he's seen enough of Justin Herbert in practice, and of course we haven't in the preseason games, that he knows that if Justin goes two or three games and just stinks it up, then everyone's having the conversation. Okay, when does he pull him for Tyrod? You don't want to hurt his feelings and all that.
2: Or, this is like when Hugh Jackson was saying, yes. no, Baker Mayfield's not going to be our starter. Tyrod is going to keep the job. Don't worry, guys. And then after he gets mocked on the national scene because we all just saw what we saw, yeah. uh, there's no way you can put Tyrod Taylor back in there after what happened in this game. And even though I do agree with your assessment of the game, Ryan, I, I just feel like that one mistake was such a big backbreaker. I mean, you can't, like, underplay it. That costs them the game. Because it um, was, let me ask was, you this, John.
1: What was the score? Seventeen, seventeen.
2: It was seventeen to nine at that yeah. point. Okay. They were at the Chiefs' thirty-nine yard line. If he gets a first down there, at yeah. minimum, you're in field goal range. So all of a sudden, you're up two scores in the fourth quarter versus only being up. One score in the fourth quarter, which obviously against the Chiefs offense is a huge, huge difference. And that was it. So I, I mean, I thought after that pick happened, I was convinced the Chiefs were going to win and I wasn't so sure because the Chargers were driving up and down the field pretty easily.
1: I felt, I felt the exact same way, but let me ask both of you this. So 17 17, the Chargers drive and then the drive stalls fourth. I think it's fourth and goal from the three, maybe a little further out. I was I was saying you, they should go for it. There's no reason to kick a field goal. All you're doing is giving uh Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes four minutes, How much time's left to come down there and beat you.
0: Or how about how about an overtime? And they got fourth and one and Anthony Lynn it to Patrick Mahomes. Like he's not gonna take the ball And go beat you, bro.
1: And you look across the field and Andy Reid and his new windshield wipers are going for (laughs) it every time on fourth down. I don't want to still breach the thunder though, because that was some of the best kicking I've ever seen in my life, John Breach.
2: My God, Harrison Butker. Well, before I get to that, I'm going to touch on your point real quick on the field goal. It was fourth and goal from the five yard line. The Chargers. Go for it. The Chargers were, it was 17 to 17. I don't. I think you have to kick that thing. Because there was 227 right. left and the Chargers defense had done pretty well against then the you Chiefs kick it. up to that point.
1: They get the ball at the five yard or the seven yard line then and then they have to drive even further.
2: Yeah. Then it's just like yeah. overtime where they have to drive down and get a field goal and Harrison Butker proved he can make it from 65 yards. I think- so the Chiefs would have had to go like 40 yards to kick a game winning field goal versus now they have to get a touchdown if they want to win. And if they get a field goal, you're an over like, I, understand why a touchdown makes sense, but I feel like under three minutes left, you have a chance to take the lead. You got to do it, especially when your defense has been playing so well against Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I also,
0: well, I also think Ryan that you're, and I, I don't disagree with the mentality that you're espousing, but I think it's sort of the mentality of like an FCS team going into like Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> And, yeah. and you, when you got him on the ropes. You like we got to put him, or like you like we got to just pull everything. And I don't think that's how the Chargers, and maybe it's how they should be operating, but I don't think that's how Anthony Lynn and the Chargers, are operating. I think I don't
1: know what the um, analytics folks think either. That
0: was, just but now point. I do agree with you guys though.
2: On the fourth and one from the third, the fourth and, and one, one overtime, in the, in the like, overtime was horrendous.
0: You go for it. You don't let Patrick Warren touch cowardly. you. cowardly. like all they had to do is get a goal Do you really think you're shutting him down after you saw the way that they sort of like rose up and got moving? I mean, they, they, uh, the Chiefs had multiple chances to win that too. They they didn't play very well. Did does that concern you at all about the Chiefs moving forward, or is that just sort of an uh you know an anomaly? Well, before before breach gets to Buckner's
1: heroics? I will say this. Uh, someone was asking how how do you, is this a, a blueprint for how to beat the Chiefs? And the answer is yes. If you draft Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, because yeah, yeah. they were crushing fools. So yeah. other than that, and by the way, we were all concerned about Durbin James not being there. He obviously helps in this game, but they are still with those edge rushers able to get after
0: for sure. It, you know what is you know what's weird How did they not move the ball against Cincinnati? What <laughs> how is that possible? I think, uh, awesome. my theory
2: that I was texting is that the Chargers just didn't show anything against the Bengals. They knew It's the Bengals. We're going to keep a vanilla offense. We don't want to show the Chiefs anything because that team's actually going to give us some competition. We want to be able to beat Kansas City. But they had a different quarterback. We're going to treat this like a preseason game. Well, that's the other thing is that the Chiefs weren't watching film on Justin Herbert. So the Chargers had that kind of element of surprise. So I think there was a couple things. I think the Chargers played the best they possibly could. The Chiefs played like a C-minus game. And they still won. So if you're Kansas City, I don't think this shows how to stop them. And as Ryan said, no one else has two pass rushers like that uh, up front. They can just get after Mahomes on every single play. So, you know, I don't think the Ravens are going to sit watching this film thinking, hey, you know what, we're going to hold them to 23. We got it figured out.
0: What? uh All right, so talk to me about uh 169 yards worth of game-winning field goals. Because Harrison Bucker, uh, who, by the way, great dude, Georgia Tech, very nice fellow. Um, he goes out there to kick a 53 yarder. He is. I the, the,
1: I know. No one cares.
0: <laughs> Just let me um, a moment he goes out there, <laughs> kick a 53 yarder, buries it. Chiefs are called for a false start, has to go or like an illegal formation or something. Has to go oh, back oh, out to and the poor guy who did it raised his hand like, Yeah, we know it's you, Chubby. Just and do the, your job. They announced the number, pal. You don't need to tell us. Uh, then. Uh, he goes out there, so he's got to kick a 58-yarder. Now, bear in mind, he's already made a 58-yarder in the game. He stripes the living crap out of it, buries it, but Anthony Lynn has called a timeout, so he has to go back out and kick a third kick from 58 yards. Breach, what was going through your mind as that's happening, and do you think that, I mean, obviously it's harder to make three than it is one, but how do you, you know, like, what is the difficulty percentage? Does it go up? Does it, like does the pressure off because you know you can make it? Like where, where how does that all f- shake out? Well,
2: first let me just say that this was like field goal kicking porn to me. I'm literally I have this on my DVR. Once we're done uh, recording this podcast, I'll probably watch podcast. it multiple times before I go to bed and just admire how well Harrison Butker handled that situation. Because this is just, like right before just, the half.
0: Just so we're clear, you're going to watch a bunch of porn multiple times before you go to bed. Field goals. Field goals. It's,
2: more, okay. it's my God. FGP. It's family podcast. Wilson just said that. Good multiple, Lord.
0: multiple times, huh?
2: Um, but here is the thing about what he did. Like, it's hard to put into perspective how good this was. But I will say it was the second longest field goal game winner in OT, I think, ever. The longest was a 59-yarder. Um, so that that tells you that this doesn't happen. It's rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens. And the fact that he did it three times, it really felt like after the penalty, it, Andy Reid thought about sending the offense back out yeah. there for a second. Like, oh, because if he does miss, all of a sudden, the Chargers only about 15 yards from being in field goal range themselves. But I think after he hit the 53-yarder so well that as weird as this sounds, when you're back that far, if you're a kicker, once you hit it the first time, all, your confidence shoots up to 100%. So if he was nervous at all trying it, once he makes that, it's a walk in the park. Then you hit a 58-yarder again.
1: Hold on, Bricho, But after the 53-yarder, you're super confident, and then the guy gets called for false start. does that? If you were 75% confidence, the false start brings it down, so I would imagine because this guy just blew the chance to win the game.
2: You're definitely annoyed at your player, but he he hit it so well and he made it so easily, and I think the fact that he had already hit that 58-yarder earlier in the game, like Harrison Butker was not being phased at all here. I don't think I've ever seen a guy hit two 58-yard field goals in a game. Fuel. Um Three, if we count the one that got called back. So yeah. it, I mean, it, it, and I
1: felt like he could have moved back 20 more yards and still smoked it.
2: He should have just done it just so he could set the NFL record for longest kick. But yeah, it was highly impressive and I do not think we will see a kicker hit two fifty-eight yard field goals in a game, including a game winner for the How rest about of the three season. Three
0: fifty eight yard field goals in a
2: game. Yeah, three fifty-eight yarders. I mean it was it was crazy. Is,
0: is he the second best kicker behind Tucker now? Yeah, who yes. else is it? If you
2: read my top ten kicker rankings from uh
0: July, speaking already. Know I did not read your top. The 10.
1: only the only tweet that went out with top ten list that got zero retweets.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, moving along. Yeah, we did a podcast on top kickers. Oh my god, we did.
2: You were the host of it.
0: I hosted it. That's right. (laughs) I guess I. Oh boy, I don't remember anything. Uh, All right. Oh, I know. I was going to say that uh, Justin Herbert, by the way, three hundred eleven passing yards with one touchdown and a rushing touchdown joins. Otto Graham in 1950 and Cam Newton in 2011 is the only players in NFL history with at least 300 passing yards and a rushing touchdown in their first career game in NFL history.
1: The only quarterback to score a passing and rushing touchdown in the first half since 1954 when the Giants' Bob Clatterbuck did it. I heard that tweet about, I mean, I've heard that stat about 50 I did
2: not think I would hear Bob Clatterbuck's name today. Yeah, oh, Saturday
1: is much more likely time to hear it. All right, what's next?
0: I know Deva is like the one manipulating Ryan to have to go to uh, Connecticut every week because Ryan's like Ryan's like podcast like your, your podcast game goes up.
1: Oh why? Oh, because I stare I
0: stare at stats all day. And then after <laughs> so you're just like you're just <laughs> like you're sitting in that room with the like with Rob and Riley and you're just like you have nine TVs on. So you're just all soaking in the football as opposed to like. You know, you're at home and, like, your oh, wife is like, what do you want for lunch? And the kids want to bug you. Um, Cowboys, Falcons. Oh, God. Cowboys, 40. Falcons, 39. What are we Falcons, doing? plus three covers. And so does the over 53 and a half. And by the way, back-to-back weeks, the Pick 6 podcast parlay. Cash it! Back-to-back weeks. Didn't bet it. What is the matter with me? I guess I just stopped betting it. Let's keep it. There's more the
1: matter with Dan Quinn than there is the matter with you. That is
0: true. Uh, Dak Prescott was a top fantasy performer, 41 points. He had three rushing touchdowns, one passing Matt Ryan, 35 points and Calvin Ridley, 22 points. Dak Prescott passed for 450 yards with one touchdown and rushed for three. As I said, he's the first player in NFL history with at least 400 passing yards, three rushing touchdowns in a single game. That way.
1: If uh, Cam Newton had scored, he would have been three yards off tying that second player to do it in the same day and then oh, never happened
0: before. That's a great point, right? So,
1: Eric Castellas made that point originally, but, I mean, it's worth following up
0: on. That is great. Uh, the Cowboys are the third team in the past 15 seasons to overcome a two-score deficit in the final two minutes and win in regulation. joining the Pats on uh, from 2013 against the Browns and the Chargers back then in San Diego in 2008 against the Chiefs and they were aided by what a special teams dance party for breach they were aided by an onside kick that you wrote about breach and it was ultimately disastrous mm.
2: what were the falcons doing i have no i don't know so one of two things happened on this onside kick either the falcons players on the field did not know the rules of the onside kick which is the fault of the coaches or they did know the rules and they didn't fall on the ball which i think is also the fault of the coaches cuz if you're not practicing that i don't know what Either way, it is not a good look for the Falcons because this literally cost you the game. And for anybody who has not seen a replay of this onside kick, I implore you to stop whatever you're doing right now. Google Cowboys onside kick and watch this total disaster unfold before your eyes. So what we have, Greg Zerline kicks the onside kick. And it was a great kick. However, it was a slow roller. And so the kickoff is from the 35-yard line. The Cowboys cannot touch it until it goes 10 yards which means they cannot touch it until it goes to the 45-yard line. The ball is slowly rolling from the 40, the 41, the 42, the 43. The Falcons have five guys over by the football. They can jump on it at any point between the 40 and the 45. No one does it. And so as soon as the ball hits the 45, a Cowboys player jumps on it, and the Falcons are just standing around like, well, my God, what happened? And we all saw what happened. The Cowboys recovered it. Uh, the Falcons just—they blew this game. I give all the credit to the Falcons for blowing it instead of the Cowboys for coming back because that just never should have happened. That kick sh- never should have been recovered, and it was absolutely embarrassing.
1: What did Dan Quinn say after the game? I haven't seen the quotes, but I saw him mouthing something on the screen. <laughs>
0: what? What were they doing?
1: This you is... guys, have you not
0: seen it till just now? I, I guess I know. I had, had. I was watching it, but like I don't think I. I you don't think wa- you I fully realized what.
1: So you are watching it like you were a member of the uh, Falcons special teams? Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
0: I guess, yeah, I guess. So. I mean, this is unbelievable.
1: This is the thing. Like, if you saw this happen in, like, peewee football, you're bringing the kid over and you're giving him an earful about, dude, this is day one stuff. You see the football, you jump on it.
0: It's pretty simple. I guess it looks like the Falcons are sort of trying to, that nobody wants to jump on it and, like.
2: No. That well, guy well, who touches it and then the Cowboys recovered it because soon as the Falcons touch it, it's a live ball. Yeah. But, well, it, but know, what, it's, gonna,
0: it's gonna be live anyway once it gets ten yards past the line of scrimmage. This is wild, wild stuff. I mean they were gifted this. I mean, it's a Dan Quinn was asked about it afterwards what because you, you know obviously people are gonna ask about it. And uh he said that I told the team there has to be a lesson in that loss. will work into that as we put the preparation next week, but that one Definitely stings. And when, as Breach wrote about, it, he was asked about it uh, on his, uh, he said, wait, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he, when he asked if his team knew the rules, I missed that?
2: Yeah. And he said they did.
0: Yeah. Oh, he said that his players did know the rules, but. But what happened? Yeah. What? Dan Quinn says his players have, quote, got to capture, end quote, that slow rolling onside kick says the players know they can get the ball before 10 yards. I don't know that he necessarily said they knew
1: the rules. What does "got to capture" mean? Is that a fancy way of saying they need to pick the ball up?
0: I think that's dancing
2: around the fact that you can't say our guys had no idea what they were doing because we didn't coach them. All
1: right, here's here's a here's a question for you: Is that a an on-the-spot fireable offense? I'm not kidding. That, he, I,
2: I think there's got to be a fall guy. Maybe you fire the special teams coordinator. I, but that is as bad as it gets because there's no reason. You're the Falcons. You're zero and two now in a game you should have won on the road. That you were winning twenty to nothing after one quarter. And I mean, that's, that's hey, by the
0: way, Dan Quinn. They're up twenty to nothing. The Cowboys score to make it twenty to seven. The Falcons then go back and score again, so it's twenty six to seven. And Dan Quinn goes for two. Why did he do that? I understand you want to make it three touchdowns, but why did you do it? Is so early and you have a huge lead and they lost by one. They didn't get it, obviously. They lost by one.
2: Yeah, I thought that was a little weird also. Um, It's like, how would you feel to be a Falcons fan right now? Literally... The past, since we've been doing this, I I think we've all worked together covering the NFL since 2013, and, like, I can only name three games in my head where a team has blown a lead of 20 points or more, and it's all Falcons games. It's literally all Falcons games. It's Super Bowl 51, obviously. It is this game, and it is a game in London against the Lions, I think, in 2014. They were up 21 to nothing at halftime, and they lost 22 to 21. Like, how could any other team do this? Nobody shoots themselves in the foot better than the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah. Worth, worth um, Sort of lost in the mix. CD Lamb let the, let the Cowboys in receptions. Six for 106. Just a matter of time. Keep an eye on old CD. It's
0: not a matter of time. He's just here. Yeah. They just have three number one wide receivers. The Cowboys, the Cowboys play the Seahawks this coming week. Take the over. Seahawks defense stinks. Cowboys defense stinks. And those teams can score. It's going to have to be like 58, and that's still not high enough.
1: Minus three and a half is what I saw, I think, at the early that's
0: line. not a total.
1: No, I'm saying that line is minus three and a half.
0: <laughs>
1: you mean the over-under is at three and a half points? I'll take the under.
0: <laughs> you, you should want the over there. Um, look, Dallas, Dak's probably not in the MVP top, uh, top five, excuse me, right now. But, Uh-oh. You're yeah, all right. good. Um, <clears throat> anyway.
1: So uh, we talked about, okay, the, the Falcons are, are who they are. What's Jerry thinking in between cheering for, for the victory there about the dollar signs he's having to pay Dak Prescott?
0: I mean, yes, you have to
2: pay him. I right, mean, right. I feel well, like well, it went we up want. about $2 million with every touchdown run that Dak had.
1: Oh, look, Is there a scenario where they're not going to pay him?
0: No. Nah.
1: Andy Dalton did come in. I know, he, I know Breach was cheering that up. I was hoping
2: he was going to score a touchdown. I was, I I was at the edge of my seat, hoping that Andy Dalton would score a touchdown. There's no
0: chance they're not going to pay Dak Prescott. Jerry found him in the middle of the draft. All right. What what about Mike McCarthy? (laughs) Because (laughs) if they lost that game, punts in his own, on his own side of the field with like offense that cost $200 million.
1: You can't lose that game. And the good thing news for him is he didn't, if he had lost that game, that is a
0: huge problem
1: for Mike McCarthy. They
0: were, he was going to be the talk of sports media and exactly. radio this week. Well, and the second fake punt was the worst one, worst one
2: because it was fourth and five in the fourth quarter. <laughs> the Cowboys are trailing 36 to 24. Every single person on the field is expecting a fake punt. The 12,000 fans that were there were expecting a fake punt and the Cowboys ran a fake punt. Oh, and surprise, surprise. They got stopped on the, like, it's not even a fake punt in the fourth quarter. If you're down 12, you're just going for it with your punt team on the field because everyone knows it's there and it blew up in your face. I would say McCarthy got, gets like a C coaching grade. Basically Dak Prescott saved the Cowboys season, saved McCarthy from being on the hot seat after two weeks. Jerry Jones just cut him a check right now.
0: Ryan, would you like to, uh, accuse me of stealing your, your jokes for Twitter? I know you liked my tweet when I said Mike McCarthy's, uh, I said Mike McCarthy's idea of analytics is just doing the opposite of what Jason Garrett. Oh no, that
1: was I give you that—that's originality on your part. I like that.
0: But like that really is what he's doing. Yeah. Jason Garrett would never fake a punt here. Let's fake some punts. I mean, it's it's insane. Like I
1: feel like Mike McCarthy is at his wits' end of what to do, and he's on the second week on the job. He's Homer Simpson in the nuclear with the nuclear codes.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'll just hit this button and see what happens. Uh, the Cowboys were 0-2 on fourth down as well. Uh, But Dallas, 1-1 now, Falcons 0-2. Here's a quick
2: fun fact for the Falcons. Uh, in NFL history, teams were 440 and zero losses Great. when getting 39 points and zero turnovers. The Falcons just handed the NFL its first loss ever.
1: Dan Quinn's a huge to bring that to his next contract negotiation. Yeah,
0: I don't think Dan Quinn's going to be long for that job. All right, let's
1: take a break. When we come back, we'll rip through the rest of the games.
0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so those are the big games out of the way. Let's rip through some of the other games that mattered. Uh, I don't know why this one's been redacted from the rundown, but it looks like it's Rams 37, Eagles 19. Uh, the winning bats, the Rams, plus two in the over 46. Jared Goff, 26 points. Tyler Higby, 23 points with three receiving touchdowns. And Daryl Henderson, 18 points. The NFC West is all Two and oh after the Rams snuffed out the Eagles. The Eagles had a chance to tie the game up, and Carson wins through a horrific in zone interception. The Eagles. The 49ers are one and one. I'm an idiot. Wait, are the 49ers one and one?
1: Yeah, they lost. Week one, Cardinals.
0: Oh, right. Well, you can't, you know. The undefeated outside the division.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Uh Yeah, I didn't watch much of this game, but I did see the Carson Wentz interception, and I, I thought
0: somebody tweeted that everybody was too. No,
2: well, do your own research. For instance,
0: that's why you don't believe everything you read on Twitter. It was reputable.
2: You're, you're you're Ron Burgundy right now, reading everything in the teleprompter. So you know, so
1: my one of my takeaways from this game, and I want to hear what Debo has to say. Like I said, I didn't watch a lot of it, but overarching takeaway is that Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, and we, for the longest time, myself anyway, at least dog that's here. Jared Goff played like crap at the end of the 2018 campaign when they ran to the Super Bowl. Didn't play well last year. And I feel like both he and Sean McVay had a chip on their shoulder coming into this. They played well week one. Uh, They put up some numbers week two. They're not making the mistakes that we're seeing Carson Wentz. I mean, granted, there's a ton of injuries on the Eagles team. I get that. But some of the decisions Carson Wentz are making, holding on to the ball too long last week, forcing some throws this week. I just feel like Jared Goff's playing better. I don't think that's even a hot take.
3: I think it's it's fair to say that he's playing better this season. I wouldn't say he's a better quarterback. If that was the case, then I I think you'd have about 6,000 quarterbacks in the world better than Kirk Cousins. So I'm not (laughs) going to be a prisoner of the moment and and, and say that he's overall a better quarterback. He's had a better start to the season. But, yeah, Carson has to play better.
0: I think that's fair. I do think if you're putting Carson Wentz's career – Production up against Jared Goff. So they're pretty close. I would take Carson over the... the I think so, too. So, Pete Briscoe... Because he's
2: well, here. I think you guys are bearing the lead here. This game proved one thing. It's that Sean McVay is a better coach than Doug Peterson.
0: Oh! oh. Suck it, Eagles fan.
2: Again, again. Doug
0: <laughs> got dunked on! Ho-ho! Oh,
3: if we're valuing week two of the regular season over Super Bowl titles, then you are <laughs> oh, correct, Breach. You are correct <laughs> if that's how we're prioritizing.
0: Oh, I tell you what, our pal Blank is uh, vindicated for his coaching list. Uh,
2: bleep bleep texts me. He's going to send me a check for uh, bringing that up in the podcast.
0: By the uh, way, whenever Breach
1: dunks on someone, you have to play the Harlan, I I hurt my leg.
2: Back <laughs> <laughs> so of long-time
1: punter. <laughs> and puts it down. Oh,
0: that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> What did you get that oh, he missed? Oh. He missed Oh, and he made it pulled a hamstring or a, what? a muscle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with Al Michaels on the soundboard?
0: Uh that was uh, the doink off the Oh okay. Something like doing. Um but real quick, way- you know what's funny
2: about that clip is that uh Harrison Butker tried a thirty yarder at the end of regulation, the Chiefs chargers, and then all of a sudden uh everybody on Twitter was like, Don't pull a Randy Bullock, man, don't grab your hammies.
0: <laughs> the um I was gonna say that uh Prisco was texting. He's like, "Josh Allen's better than Deshaun Watson right now." And I was like, "What well, do you mean, like, for their careers, or do you mean like f- for the first two weeks of the season?" He's like, "Better right now." I was like, "Well, yeah." Josh Allen smoked the Dolphins and Jets. And by the Deshaun way, my Watson,
1: Josh, my Josh Allen MVP pick is looking pretty good.
0: Did you pick him for MVP?
1: And our little conversations on on the podcast over the summer.
2: Like, does Pete think the Bills would be two and zero if they started the season against the Chiefs and the Ravens, like Deshaun Watson right.
0: did? What? And I, and I think that's sort of my point is like with the Carson Wentz, Jared Goff thing is yes, it, it and sort of defending Carson Wentz and and Debo here, but like, yeah, Jared Goff looks like a better quarterback right now. Carson Wentz does not look good. Uh, I would have major concerns about Carson Wentz taking too many hits, holding onto the ball too long, turning it over way too much. I mean. Worst division in football is not even close, right? That's the thing. If they're in the NFC West, you think that they're dead in the water. But because they're in the NFC East, I mean, it looked like the Cowboys were going to gag that, obvious or lose that game to the Falcons. That would that one hurts the Eagles. But I mean, like what, like what's your panic level, Debo, on on winning the NFCs?
3: So last week, my thing that I was holding on to after a tough Week One loss to Washington was okay. There's seven playoff teams this year. After week two, it's okay. We play the Bengals next week, so that's what I'm holding.
2: Oh! On. Ho, ho, ho.
3: oh.
1: <laughs> I'm... <laughs>
2: you know what's funny, Devo? I was literally going to ask you before we ended, stop talking about this game. That after getting your face kicked in by the Rams, what was your uh, on a scale of one to ten? How confident are you that you can just walk in and show up and beat the Bengals? It's not. <laughs>
3: It's not super high. I'd say it's still like a, a seven or an eight, but it's it's oh. not the 11 that I thought it would be two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> and what's Carson wins career. He's had multiple interception games in back-to-back weeks. Uh Tyler Higby, by the way, the first Rams player with three touchdowns since my boy, Tory Holt, back in 06.
3: The Rams are good. McVay totally owns Jim Schwartz, and, and for that matter, Doug Peterson today, but... I think it, the Rams are actually a, a good team. The Eagles have not played well, but I'm, I, they're not dead yet because the, of the division they play in.
1: Hey, Breach, if Debo's at a seven or an eight, what are you facing the, the Eagles feeling like?
2: Uh, at the beginning of the season, I would say a one, <laughs> but now that Joe Burrow's good and the Eagles look like trash, I'm going to say a five. I think I've it's possible it. that they could pull off the upset, but. They've lost 14 road games in a row and it's in Philadelphia, so more yeah. likely not.
0: Okay. Hey, Dima, what did you think about the, the Philly, uh, the, the crowd the, the playing the booze? They
2: were they were doing it all
3: game, so I, I like how people picked on like the moment that Carson threw the interception, but well deserved. I would have booed if I was there. I think everybody would have booed if they were there.
0: No, it's just oh. funny that they like, they include the booze in the sound drops with the crowd. Yeah, I,
3: right. I think they need real booze to kind of motivate them, cause <laughs> they're, they're not motivated right now.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Carl, by the way, look, the Rams are legit. We agree on that?
1: Yeah. I think right now, as we sit here, the 49ers are, are the worst team in that division, and that's not a, a slight. They've been injured. Yeah. But the Rams are, they're exceeding expectations for sure.
2: Yeah. And I think McVay's total. we talked about this on the YouTube pick show. That you should watch on YouTube. Uh, that I think McVay has totally revamped this offense. He he learned from last year and saw how badly Goff was struggling when the offensive line uh couldn't protect him as well. And he, and he just totally changed things around. He's moving more guys in motion. He's doing a little more uh sleight of hand to keep defenses from just sucking their ears back and going after Goff. And when Goff has time to throw, he is one of the better quarterbacks. He's just so hasn't been good under pressure and that's where his big flaw is but he just hasn't faced a lot of pressure this year and he's looked fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think I saw that they were number 1 in pre-snap motion after week 1 and then they I I would assume that they are still uh, pretty high up there after after what they did in week 2. Let's move along to Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. mentioned and Lamar Jackson who's squared off in Baltimore and uh Didn't know much of a game. Lamar Jackson blasted him. Ravens 33, Texans 16. The Ravens minus 7.5 covers the under 49.5 hits. Lamar Jackson 19 fantasy points to Sean Watson 16 and Mark Ingram 13. The Texans are now 0-2 and and have been blitzkrieg by probably the two best teams in football. So it's hard to really get a gauge on what they did. Uh, The Ravens are the first team to have four players rush for at least 45 yards in the same game since the Washington Redskins did it on November first, nineteen eighty-seven, at Buffalo. How do we handle that? By the way, you get charged five bucks. Yeah, you not cool. call them the Redskins back then? Just call no, you them. say Washington.
1: Yeah, the Washington. Yeah, that's so not the common.
0: Washington football team forever. No, like, they're like like so like the Washington football team won the Super Bowl.
1: The team formerly known as. But you 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 just lost five bucks.
0: All right, five bucks.
1: I think it's what the, the swear
0: pot is. Uh. Five bucks feels steep for the swear pod. I've got five. You shouldn't be swearing.
1: I got 20 bucks. uh, Just
0: blow. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 18 to 24, 204 yards and one touchdown. Also ran 16 times for 54 yards. Gus Edwards paced away, 10 carry, 73 yards. Not a whole lot in in terms of uh, aerial statistics for the. The Baltimore Ravens, that shouldn't be surprising because they had a huge lead the whole time. David Johnson, 11 carries, 34 yards. Deshaun Watson, 25 at 36, 275 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Brandon Cooks paced the way. Will Fuller, injured, Mm. raising the question, why did you trade DeAndre Hopkins?
1: So LJ Ford scored a defense touchdown for the Ravens. That defense is really good. Marcus Peters had a fantastic interception. Can't, like, let, you're watching the game and he materializes off screen and just makes a, a, an amazing grab. Again, um, I, you know, I'm on the Jim Caldwell bandwagon when we talk about the Lions. I'm on the Marcus Peters bandwagon when we talk about the comparisons between him and Jalen Ramsey. Um, in terms of all the money you pay Jalen Ramsey, yes, Jalen Ramsey's amazing. Marcus Peters is a bargain and he balls out. One of the best cornerbacks last year, according to PFF, playing well this year. That defense is legit and um you know we talk about Carson Wentz holding the ball forever Deshaun Watson does that all the time it is extremely frustrating but again if you trade someone like Andre DeAndre Hopkins who apparently is pretty good and he has no one to throw to I guess you're gonna hold the ball
0: he held the ball last year a lot though too that's true I just feel like I don't know do we know what the Texans are yes
1: they're not Billy O'Brunson's team. <laughs> they're not good, according I mean, to me. Are
0: that, they a bad team, or they just know. a team that had to play the Chiefs and the Ravens? Because that's not a.
1: Well, we'll know more next week. They go to Pittsburgh. And-
2: yeah, but if you're losing those games by a combined like 32 points, you're losing these games by 16 points on average. Does that that tells you they're not good? You know, if they had played close games against these two teams, right, probably feel a little differently. But yeah, I mean, Ryan, what's your confidence level with the Texans playing the Steelers next week?
1: Uh I'm at a five and a half for the as a Steelers fan. Whoa.
2: What about as a person who just went 13-2 and two against the spread with his picks?
1: Uh, What do you think the spread will be? Probably like five and a half? Yeah. Six? Yeah. yeah. Locked in. I think – I don't know. I never feel comfortable taking the Steelers at home or on the road to cover, that
0: is. Six is a lot for that game. It feels like it's based primarily on how the Texans have looked. Yeah. Yeah, no,
1: I think next week will tell us a lot. But to Breach's point, I mean – the Jets can lose by 16 points on average to those two teams back-to-back weeks as well. So that that doesn't necessarily make you look great if you're Bill O'Brien. Uh,
0: the Texans have the Steelers, Vikings, Jaguars, Titans, Packers, and Jaguars again. How many wins do they get in those six games?
1: They're not beating the ja- they're not sweeping the Jaguars. The Jaguars actually turns out Gardner Minshew
0: he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the so like the opening series for the Texans was David Johnson run, David Johnson run. Third down, Deshaun Watson incompletion. And it's like, you you really can't do that coming out. Okay. You can if you're Billy O'Brenson because you're the coach and the general manager. The Ravens, are, the, the Ravens are a monster, by the way. The Ravens are going to destroy people. They have I mean, total continuity, great defense, great offense. Brenton, it's funny
2: you just said that because I was literally, I'm looking at their schedule, and, and 38 points against the Browns, 33 against the Texans. If they beat the Chiefs, in week three on Monday night. I mean, when's their first loss?
1: Steelers and the Bengals.
2: <laughs> they've, got, they've got Washington in week four, the Bengals in week five, the Eagles in week six, the Steelers in week
0: seven. I mean, those and are that, all teams that are going to be picking in the top five of the draft.
2: And then a bye. So they're going to go to November undefeated if they beat the Chiefs.
0: Wow. I want the to... Go ahead. You think they get the Steelers easily? Oh. I
2: mean, that's their closest game in there after the Kansas city game, but
1: it just depends like the, the yeah. for, a, for a stretch. They would blow out the Steelers every game. And then last year, Mason Rudolph almost beat them.
0: I'll say this going in, starting in that Steelers game, they get Steelers, Colts, Pats, Titans, Steelers, Cowboys.
1: Yeah. I don't think they're going undefeated. Yeah. Going undefeated. But right I mean, now, look right now, based on the way these teams have played through two weeks, I next week, they're playing the chiefs. Is that right?
0: Yes. Monday night football.
1: I like, I like the the Ravens.
0: Sure. Uh, by the they way, should. I point They're out point again: favorite. first three to four weeks of the season, maybe even four to six weeks of the season, the teams with a lot of consistency are going to be taking care of business. And the Ravens, uh, the Chiefs didn't do it as much, but the Ravens Take did it for care sure. Of business. Every day. Of What'd you say, Ryan? Every day, right? Oh uh, yeah. I thought she was like, "I don't know what she said." We Panthers, would never win. The Bucks thirty-one. Panthers seventeen. The Buccaneers miracle cover, seven and a half on an Uncle Leonard Fournette jailbreak run, a meaningless touchdown run. They win by 14. The over also hits in a miracle. Leonard Fournette led the way in fantasy scoring, 23 points, Christian McCaffrey, 19, and Mike Evans, 16. Leonard Fournette was not the starter in this game. Ronald Jones was. Ronald Jones was playing very well, had a great stiff-arm touchdown run, and then he fumbled a snap and uh, a handoff with Tom Brady, and he evaporated into thin air and Leonard Fournette took over. Do we think that is permanent, and or what do we think of the Buccaneers in Week 2?
2: To answer your first question, yes. Bruce Arians totally feels like the type of coach who sees a fumble. This happens, like, in college, you'll see somebody grab by the face mask and point to the bench like, dude, you go sit there, you're done. And Arians feels like that type of coach. He's got that old-school mentality. And maybe he would have been hesitant to do it uh before they signed Fournette. But now that he's on the team, Aaron's thinking, well, you know what? We've got a running back who's just as good as you, if not better. Maybe he doesn't know the offense as well, uh, but he can learn it on the spot. And uh Fournette showed that, hey, he could be a weapon absolutely for Tampa Bay. And he's only going to get better because he's just going to know the offense better and better. So I think this is actually, if I'm another team in the NFC, it's a little scary to think Leonard Fournette in an offense with other weapons where teams aren't just focusing on him.
1: My uh one of my takeaways is that uh Tom Brady had an, an interception, which wasn't a great throw, but it was the only target for Rob Gronkowski in that game. Mm. He was non factor last week, and I'm starting to wonder, I mean, what do what do we do with
0: Rob Gronkowski here? Is he is he gonna Croc's,
1: get away?
0: He's test. Right? He's
1: yeah, so he's out there and he's he's basically moral support for Tom Brady at this point. Like he he's like it's like he's
0: like an entourage member. He right. He's turtle. Before I mean, he, let's be honest. Tequila. You
2: remember Gronk did that interview with CBS news, like five months after he retired. He said he thought he had 20 concussions in his career. Like he, said he had a hole in his thigh. What is he even doing coming back? And, and that feels like he probably got in the football field and was probably thinking, yeah, yeah. this isn't the best sure, idea, but I'm going to go through with so. anyway. Cause Tommy's still out here playing at 43
0: years old. I, I think, it, I think part of it too is like it gives a, gives, gives Tom radio comfort level.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a service dog.
0: Jeez. this a turtle and a service dog.
1: No, service dogs serve very important roles and they're beloved. But I mean, he's not Rob Gronkowski from five, six, seven years ago.
2: No, absolutely not. I also but think if that he's then... drawing coverage, then he's doing his job. He's drop. not though. He got targeted once. It was an interception.
1: I don't think that's doing your job unless you're
0: playing a linebacker. I'm not sure why you're. Coming after Gronk, I'm Maybe. not. But I – Wilson,
2: I, my God! Do I you hate like Gronk? Gronk? What's your thing with Gronk? Is because he didn't show up at your bachelor party?
1: I was just gonna say that. I was I was just <laughs> gonna say that. My bachelor party was in Atlantic City, though.
0: That's why he didn't go there. Um, I'm He's
1: gonna probably, try and look up, up
0: snaps for Gronk. I don't. He can't have played that much, right?
1: No, I mean it's in the scheme of things, it's not a big deal. It's just interesting because it was a, the trade was a huge development in the off season because. There was so much uncertainty about Tom
0: Brady. Well, I mean, it was a huge development in the sense that we were in a pandemic, and uh, they went out and got. Gr- I mean, look, here's the thing: we had our social media team and everybody's social media team like, How are you going to stop this offense now? And it's like, right? Well, Gronk and Shady are washed. Like, well, don't include them, please. Like, give. Like, they're not. They're not the important part. I don't take a whole lot away from this outside of the fact that look, the Panthers' defense is the worst in football. You do. And the Buccaneers easily put up 31 points on them. I mean, easily. There it was 21 nothing in the second quarter.
1: I mean, don't misunderstand. This is a great game, bounce back game for Tom Brady. He was focused all week. It makes him feel better, uh, given the way he played in week one, which wasn't terrible. They just lost the game to the to the Saints in New Orleans. So, yeah, I get all that, but I was just, I remember that play distinctly. He wasn't
0: that great. I mean, he was 23 of 35 against an awful pass, an awful defense. He was getting away with it. He was getting bailed out on some stuff. I would say but, that I. If we give Tom Brady a C minus last week, I'll give him a C plus this week. I would give him more than that last week. But it but the, here's here's you're, my other, you're a chump grader.
1: My other one, perhaps. He wasn't great last year. Like it wasn't like 2007 Tom Brady. He was slightly above average on a team with not very many playmakers. Now they have playmakers now, and
2: he needs to play better. I mean, maybe. Scott.
0: Look, Scotty Miller dropped an easy touchdown pass that he I think should Sean have Drop one as well. Sean
2: McCoy too. dropped a Sean McCoy line. dropped
0: a really bad one. Yeah, that's right. Um, but like by and I mean, yeah, by and large. I don't think Brady was awesome. I think he was pretty good. Yeah, and that's an upgrade for things. And also yeah. I think that part of it is that he's
2: looks more comfortable in the offense. That's why you need a game like this. I mean, last week he had zero chemistry with Mike Evans. This week yeah. they connected seven times for 104 yards and a touchdown. So it's it's about that so that he's more comfortable in this offense because the Buccaneers aren't going to get to the playoffs unless Brady's fully comfortable in this. And you could tell he was a little bit uncomfortable last week. This week he looked a little bit better. I think he's going to get a little bit better each and every week. Yes. And you know they've got a friendly schedule, so that works out mean? well for Brady. I mean the Broncos, the Chargers, the Bears,
0: those are all winnable games. Those are for sure winnable. Those are good defenses though. Yes. I would be. I think we. Will, I'm not worried. I'm not going to panic on Tampa Bay as long as they're winning football games and staying in the playoff hunt and can get to mid like get to mid season. I think that's when they'll start to click a little bit more. But these next three weeks. Denver at Denver, Chargers at home at Chicago. I mean, those are not, you need to go two and one.
1: They will. They will. And okay. I think to your point, Brinson, if you're two and oh and play two terribly crappy games, you're still two and oh. You have time to figure it out.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The, the Packers and Lions. Ugh, Pete would not, Pete Prisco will not stop texting me about the Lions. you like, great. John.
2: My God.
1: Oh, he mentioned it on, on the halftime show on ASQ today. I did. Yeah. He said, some people pick the Lions to win. And Jamie said, who said that? Our friend Will Brinson. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't wait to get it in.
0: 40 Packers 42, Lions 21 it was a bloodbath. Lions are actually up 14 to 13 at one point. Packers cover six and a half. The over 51, one of our locks hits as well. I was part of the pick six podcast parlay. Aaron Jones, 40 fantasy points. Aaron Rodgers 22, Matthew Stafford 19. Devontae Adams, as we mentioned, suffered a hamstring injury. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said after the game, today's a game today's a game we expect to win. So no, we don't have the home crowd, but we've had an advantage at home over the years. We were seven at one at home last year. We've obviously been good in the division last couple of years, haven't lost, but those are the type of games that you have to win. Aaron Jones, eighteen carries, 168 rush yards, three total touchdowns, including one receiving and two on the ground, two hundred and thirty six total yards, the most by a Packer since Billy Houghton in nineteen fifty six.
1: Um, and let me start know. off by saying this, and then Breach, you can you can follow. Jim Caldwell get fired for going nine and seven and back to back. And
0: <laughs> is Matt Patricia going to survive the season?
1: Well, Bob, not, Bob Quinn's not going to fire him, so I don't think so
2: Yeah, but you have your a younger owner in place who might just say, "All right, I've had enough. This is embarrassing. We got to make a change," and and you know. And you mentioned Aaron Jones fantasy points. Brenton, I'm only bringing that back up because do you know who had Aaron Jones in fantasy today? Me. And you know why I'm bringing that up? Because
0: I played you. Me? Yeah. Brenton. Ho! Ho! In the Dunks and Blocks League? In yeah. the Dunks and Blocks League. Man, I don't care about fantasy this year at all.
2: That's because you keep losing.
1: Oh, he dunked you twice <laughs> in one.
0: <laughs> He's just not wrong. I mean, this, this is... <laughs> That's why
2: I don't care. You know what's crazy though? And you mentioned it is that the Lions jumped out to that 14 to three lead and I was watching most of the first half. I didn't see the entire second half. Once Let me ask pack- you though,
0: at
1: what point did you think the Lions did any point? did you think the Lions going to win? 13, I thought the Lions were going to win. No, you did.
0: Oh my God. You beat me by three points. I
2: still have two players left. To play. oh.
0: <laughs> you have Hunter Renfer and Drew Brees. Oh, that's <laughs> tough. I benched Johnny Smith for TJ Hawkinson. Uh... No, go
1: ahead.
2: Did you think at 14-3 the Lions were going to win? No, at 14-3, I thought the Lions could win because, look, they were two earned touchdowns. They drove 75 yards straight down the field on the Packers' defense both times. Didn't have any issues. You know, sometimes that first drive, uh, if a team goes straight down the field, it's a scripted drive. You can't really judge too much about what's going to happen in the rest of the game. But when they came out and did that on the second drive, in my head, I'm thinking – the Lions are either going to win this, or if they're going to lose, it's going to be like 45-42 to 42 because the Packers cannot stop them. And all of a sudden, I don't know if the Packers defense got a pep talk at the end of the first quarter, but something flicked, and all of a sudden, boom, oh, so you know, the, they got shut down. But it's amazing how the Lions can look good in tiny little spurts, but then be so
0: bad. So the Packers um, got the ball first in the second half. So they so they were they were down 14 to 3 at the end of the first quarter. They score twice to take a 17-14 lead going into half. They get the ball first in the second half. Aaron Jones goes 75 yards untouched on the first play from scrimmage of the second half. They're up 24 to 12, 24 to 14. And then on the very next possession, Matthew Stafford is picked six on a terrible throw terrible. and all of a sudden it's 31 to 14. And at that point, you're like, hey, this is probably over. The wrap. Yeah. And I mean, look, they, Aaron Jones had a, another touchdown and obviously they got a field goal. Stafford had a touchdown as well that cut it to 13 points. But I mean, you know, you, in the blink of an eye, you go from, th- you know, 17-14 in a good battle to 34-14 and you're, you're sort of toast unless you're the Cowboys and playing the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not good. The Lions fire. are, the Lions, the Lions are also like, I'm not, I don't know if they're poorly coached. They're very banged up. Every, every team is banged
1: no, up. No, the Lions, you heard, it, it, the 49ers it, are banged it, up and they found a way to eke out a, a whooping on the Jets. I mean, let's not make excuses where
0: yeah, that's a little different.
1: Why? They traveled across the country. Breach will tell you that traveling from West to East is not great for the team traveling West to East. What are you making faces for?
0: That's overrated.
1: They had Nick Mullins out there whooping up
2: on Adam Gase and the Jets. For an entire half. I mean. They didn't have Nick Bosa. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their best running back. Their best tight end. Their best player didn't even play George Kittle.
0: They played the Jets. Shut up. The Lions didn't have Kenny Galladay, Joe Dahl. Uh, big, uh, big. The howl is the number two name on his list. Two guys, no, two guys on the offensive line. Uh, cornerbacks Desmond Trufant, Justin Coleman, and defensive tackle Nick Williams. They were missing. They're they're down to nobody left at cornerback. And that would have made a three touchdown difference.
1: Yeah, you know why there's no one left at cornerback? They traded Darius Slay to the Eagles.
2: That's
0: <laughs> that is that is, a, that is a good point.
2: How how bad if the Lions go like zero and four? They they have a week five buy. If they are zero and four going into that buy, does Matt Patricia lose his job?
1: I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I don't either. Who gets fired first, Dan Quinn or Matt Patricia?
2: The loser of that game when they play in week seven.
0: Okay. Ooh, loser leaves town match in week that seven. Love to cool see it. All right, let's move on to the Colts, 28, Vikings, 11. Ugh. One of my best bets this week, the Colts cover the three and a half, the under 49 hits. That was a little surprising, but as I mentioned, it was a little unnerving to take this over since the possibility that, uh, the Vikings might be terrible exists. And it turns out that is correct. Jonathan Taylor paced the way in fantasy scoring 16 points. Philip Rivers, 12 points. Mo Ali Cox, 11 points. And as, uh, Debo points out in the rundown, you know who's back? Billy Rivers, Kirby Cousins.
1: Oh, Kirby is a hundred percent back. I'll leave you with this stat and then breach. You can talk if you want to. Three, oh, three, you, four.
0: Can you, can, can I name Kirk Cousins? Can I list his production real quick before you do yeah, that? Do that. Okay, so Kirk, Kirby Cousins, excuse me. One point, I mean, he actually, yeah, it's terrible. 11 of 26 for 113 yards, zero touchdowns and three picks.
1: Through three quarters, his quarterback rating was double zero. He finished at 15.9. I mean, he is full on in Kirby territory, and it's going to take a lot to get out of it. The yeah,
0: Vikings' only touchdown was a fourth-quarter Dalvin Cook run. He, like, celebrated. He's like, yeah! It's like, dude, you're down 28-11. Stop it.
2: It was garbage time. And I know I said this last week after they lost uh to the Packers, but look, you get rid of your whole defense in an offseason, what do you expect? <laughs> Offenses run all over you. And if you don't have a defense, guess who has to hold up the team? Your quarterback. Uh And Kirk Cousins is not equipped to do that, especially when you trade away his best deep threat, Stefan Diggs. Cousins look, looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there right now. He looked bad last week. He looked even worse this week. Prince, you mentioned the three interceptions. Uh, And you know what? The Colts, on the other hand, looked decent last week. Kind of had like two or three plays go against them, and that was kind of the difference in the game. And I really feel like Frank Reich went home, watched the film, and said, you know what? The only thing we need to change is let Philip Rivers throw the ball less, and we <laughs> will win. And that's exactly what they did. Good strategy. And they won.
0: Well, I think that it's a good strategy. I mean, like I was saying all along this offseason that I didn't want to see the Colts have Philip Rivers throw 40 times. Like that shouldn't be the game. By the way, Phillip Rivers ain't washed. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you think that you're wrong, he's, he can make the, he can make all the throws he needs to make.
1: You want to hug your Phillip Rivers doll while you say that? No. <laughs> yeah. He threw um, the ball 25 times and that's to breach his point. That's the whole idea. He can't be out there air mailing balls left and right. Cause that's just not his well, game. I mean,
0: when you're, when you're, when you're winning, I mean, like they held the Vikings to three points all game long. The Vikings, the Vikings held the
1: Vikings to three points. They can't stop anyone, as Breach pointed out. And Kirk Cousins, and I forgot about this. Someone last week after that first loss for the Vikings uh, pointed to a um, Jay Gruden interview talking about Kirk Cousins. I think it was maybe over the summer, maybe last year, at some point when they parted ways. And he said that he, Kirk Cousins, will not throw the ball unless everything is perfect. Like, everything has to be perfect for him to make that throw. And he says, well, that's never going to happen in the NFL because rarely is it perfect. He says it happens in practice. It was frustrating. And you sort of see that unfold. Uh John pointed out Steph Diggs is gone. Well, if guys aren't getting open, you're just going to sit there and take a beating. And, you
0: know, Kirby Cousins is Kirby Cousins it up. So they, opened, safety, up, they opened up They with a field goal. It was
2: a perfect example of that. Sorry.
0: they no, It's fine. They went 13, 13 plays, 60 yards, four first downs, get a field goal on their first drive. Rivers throws an interception, you're thinking like, oh boy, this is going south. Here's what the Vikings did after that. I'm not gonna include the Dalvin Cook touchdown. That was the final that was their final drive. After the field goal in the first drive. Punt, punt, safety, interception, 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 punt, punt. And touchdown. Right. Their longest drive in that stretch between their first and last drives was twenty two yards.
1: Also not great.
0: That is unbelievably bad. They mm-hmm. couldn't do anything. And so I get I get what you're saying about the formula and all that, but I, I don't think. And by the way, I mean, the Colts could have won this game 45 to, to three. They kicked uh, a, a very large number of short field goals where they were driving a long ways and then ultimately uh, didn't make it down there. Like Rodrigo Blankenship had 28, 38, 38, and 44 in terms of his four field goals. Shout
2: out Rodrigo. Yeah. woo. woo. to the podcast.
0: Oh, God. All right. Let's go. Okay, Colts are good. Gardner
2: Minshew went 19-20 to with three touchdowns against this Colts defense. Cousins did everything you said. I mean, it's it's embarrassingly The Vikings
0: might be a bottom 10 team in the league. Bottom 5-10. Yeah. Okay, Ryan just realized
2: what time it is. He just wants to move on so we can talk about the Steelers.
1: No, the defense stinks. Breach pointed out they traded away or got rid of everyone. They drafted 15,000 defense. They're going to be terrible.
0: Most yards allowed in first two games of Vikings history? 876 ranks third all time in 2020. That is not good. Not great, Bob. Steelers 26, Broncos 21. The Broncos cover the six and a half, the over 41 hits. Ben Roethlisberger, 22 fantasy points. Jeff Driscoll, 20 fantasy points in. James Connor, 17. Drew Locke, as we mentioned, knocked out with a shoulder injury. Jeff Driscoll came in and, uh, to you said, I thought in lieu of all the circumstances going into a good defense, I thought he did an admirable job. It'll only get better if we have to continue with him. That is not what you want to hear.
1: Yeah, you know, Jeff Driscoll, actually, so he went down. I was like, first of all, I had to look up who the backup quarterback was in, in Denver. I was hmm. like, oh, Jeff Driscoll, they're going to crush him because they were actually giving Drew Locke a hard time. I think he was only there for two series. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Jeff Driscoll does a lot with a little, and he wasn't bad at all. He is a a fine plan B if you need to, to go to him in case of emergency and they had a chance to win that game, the reality is. Like, they were getting smoked early. They came back. The Steelers had some turnovers. Uh, I think the upside is that, unlike last year, the Steelers have a quarterback. Um, He's not very mobile. He's thirty years old, but he can actually matriculate the ball down the field. And uh once again, another week, another Chase Claypool highlight. Mm. eighty-four 4 yard catch down the sidelines
0: or a touchdown. Uh, by the way, Drew Locke expected to miss two to six weeks with a sprained AC joint. It's his right shoulder. So I think I would bank on it being closer to six than two. He got demolished by by Dupree. It it didn't look good.
2: Let me ask you this, Ryan. Roethlisberger has just, I mean, obviously, he threw for over 300 yards against the Broncos' defense, but I feel like he's looked a little off the first two weeks. Do you think it's rust because, hey, he just sat out a year, or do you think it's because he's 38 years old and he's on the tail end of his career? I think
1: it's 65% rust, 35%. Mm,
0: Interesting that you would prop up Big Ben after trying to say that Rivers is washed. I was all over Rivers. Big Ben has two Super Bowl rings. Rivers has... They're the same age. We're not talking, about, we're not talking about their careers. It. We're not talking about where they are right now. Yeah, but He's, I mean- like, he's like, oh, it's just rust for the guy with the Tommy Jones surgery who's 39. He's like, Rivers is it toast. He's done. Rivers has played... He played games
2: last season. Roethlisberger... Sad, yeah, football for a year. he didn't here
0: play games because he had surgery on his right arm.
1: And by the way, Roethlisberger had a better season last year than Phillip Rivers.
0: That's fair. <laughs> um, d- don't you think it's possible that maybe, I don't know, the surgery on his right elbow may be causing some of the rust? Yeah, of course, but I think he's getting better. I think he was rusty in the first quarter and a half
1: uh, on Monday night and then against a terrible Giants defense played better. Uh He flashed at times this uh, on Sunday. He had a terrible interception. Benny Snell had an even worse turnover fumble. They kept the the Broncos in it. The Broncos D played really well, and their offense the, did too. The
0: Steelers should have won this game like twenty to three.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Jerry okay. Judy is dynamic. He's Portland honest. Sutton was on and off the field. I think with the hammy aggravation, Jerry Judy was
0: was electric. Yeah. Uh I Noah Fant was awesome too. Noah Fant's going to be oh he's so good. The Broncos the Broncos have pieces. The yeah, they ain't cover, getting there. They ain't getting the, there this year. The whole
1: conversation in August was okay. Can Drew Lock hold this group together? Then. Uh, Von Miller got hurt, and and Drew Locke is, you know, he's hurt, and he was sporadic before that.
0: Uh, Ben Roethlisberger passed uh Eli Manning from all-time touchdown passes in this game.
2: Yeah, One he's behind Philip Rivers. There you go, Brenton. He's two
0: back of, he's no, he's like twenty-five back of Philip Rivers. He's never catching Rivers. Not in <laughs> he, he's not.
2: If uh, he's Rivers not. retires <laughs> first, do you ever think about that? Rivers won't retire
0: first. He, good. Uh, he's got he has 10 of- kids. Exactly. Yeah. Would he's you retire dead. if you had 10 kids? No, you'd be like, I, you know what? I'm going to sign up for another, for a 40th season. All right. Let's move along. <laughs> 49ers, 31, Jets, 13. 49ers covered the minus seven, the over 41 and a half hits. Uh, thanks to a garbage Jets touchdown. Went Jimmy on. Garoppolo, 17 fantasy points. Jordan Reed, 17 as well. Jordan Reed, two
1: touchdowns. Raheem he Mostert, 16. Great tensions. It was, I mean, George Kittle's not there because of the, the knee sprain and Jordan Reed acts like it's five years ago. Fun to
0: watch. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. Raheem Mostert hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, torn ACL. Brutal for the 49ers who now have to come back to the same stadium and play the Giants next week. Um, can is this team? Can this team keep a stay afloat with all the injuries that are happening right now? We don't know
1: their schedule. Actually, I John has probably has in front of them next week. Obviously, the Giants, and I think the three games after that, they have a good chance of winning before they open up division play. So they got to stack wins against crappy teams: Giants,
0: Eagles, Dolphins, Rams, Patriots, Seahawks.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wilson so, just called Debo's team a crappy uh-huh. team.
1: <laughs> I had my my uh. My inside thought, I said it outside. Um, the next three teams they're
0: playing are combined 0 and 6.
1: Right, so they got to stack wins. Is my point. Maybe the Eagles play them tough. Maybe the Eagles get it together. They're both injured teams, but uh, before you get to division play, which is the best division in the NFL, you you got to win some football games with with your banged up team.
2: But also being this banged up and this injured is bad because they have a late buy. They, they their buy is not till week 11, so they're gonna have to survive the next eight weeks. And you have all these guys. You know, you mentioned the players that got hurt in the game, but you also have George Kittle, Richard Sherman. You have these important players, yeah, who who weren't healthy for this game, and we don't know when they're going to be healthy. So, yeah, it does feel like that the upcoming schedule with the Giants, Eagles, and Dolphins, you have to win those because after
0: that stretch – If you got one and two in that stretch, you are toast.
2: After that stretch, they have the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints – all in a row. I mean, that is rough. then
0: followed by the Rams, the Bills, the Washington football team, the Cowboys, Cardinals, Seahawks. Oh, that, is that is a real. That's a hard schedule. I don't think this team's making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that I would imagine that the rest of the division mate. I sort of think you have to go three
0: and zero this in this stretch. Two and one ain't gonna cut it.
2: Yeah, yeah I think three like, and too.
0: Yep, I don't disagree. Uh That's gonna be hard. Look, if if anybody can do it is Kyle Shanahan. But, I mean, like Nick Bosa is a massive loss for that defense. Yep. I mean, I mean George Kittle probably not gonna be back. I mean they're wait, wait they do George Kittle's coming back. He'll be back. But I just mean like I, we don't know that he'll be back like next week.
1: Oh next week, yeah. Well you gotta qualify. <laughs> Scare so, some people think.
0: Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. I mean, I just think it's gonna be this is tough sledding for a banged up or this roster is really banged
1: up. I want to see what happens with this turf situation because we've seen in the past, like twenty years ago, Bill uh what was his name? What was the Ravens coach? John- Brian, and- Brian, Brian Billick, sorry. Billick, yeah. Brian Billick dragged his team off the field in a preseason game. He said, we're not playing the Ravens on this piece of crap turf. So we'll see. You know, we talked about the week one game. No issues there. Obviously Shannon feels differently enough to play there again on Sunday.
2: Uh, the the one Jets. thing I will ask you guys real. Yeah. That's what I want to ask Princeton. How long is We just, is we just mentioned all the banged up players, all the banged up players <laughs> and the Jets still lost by 18 points. The, the 49ers are basically running out their jV squad and they still won 31 to
0: 13 and it should have been 31 to, to six yes you know that, i think they, that leads to brenton's question okay well i have i have well, i have two questions one what was more embarrassing for the jets yes <laughs> a giving up a uh first down on, oh yes this is
1: a great stat
0: a first down on a third and 31. To a 55 yard rush or B, letting Frank Gore in the year 2020 of our Lord carry the ball 21 times. What's I mean, worse?
1: The A is worse.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's worse because it wasn't even a 32 yard gain. It was a 55 yard gain.
0: Like and like, the 40, I mean, like the 49ers were actively disinterested in picking up the first down and it wasn't they the a pass play. <laughs> play. It was a run play. I mean, the
1: chances of that play having any success must have been the, the lowest probability play that actually was successful in the history of, of tackle football. It, it was, and it goes back to one overarching theme, the coaching. The co- I mean, you cannot get, we just talked about the 49ers with four players went in there and whooped up on a team that was relatively healthy and they never had a chance. Sam Darnold is sort of a, a luckier version of Josh Rosen and that he gets to play. But he's going to get jettisoned as soon as the, the spring rolls around and Trevor Lawrence uh, becomes available because he, it's just, he doesn't
2: have a chance. You know what's the crazy a about that? Team if I'm
0: a to team a, a, of a, a first down, a run for a first down third and 30 or longer since 1999.
2: If I'm a team, I'm actually taking a chance on Sam Darnold. I feel like Josh Rose yeah. has never looked that great on the field, but I feel like Darnold has definitely shown flashes of being good, but he's just being wasted away. And how long does Adam Gase last? You can't keep losing. These insane games, like the 49ers dressing 10 players and they're still beating you by three touchdowns. That's embarrassing. I don't
0: know what, do they fire him midseason?
1: How else do you get rid of him? What do you do? Lock the door
0: after the year? I mean, he got a vote of confidence from Christopher Johnson last week. I feel like the vote of confidence is
2: usually a bad thing. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> they also have a week 11 bye. their next three games, Colts, Broncos, Cardinals. How many did they win? Zero.
0: This is the worst team in
2: football by a yeah. large margin. And, I, and then I'm the a... Chargers, then the Bills, then the Chiefs, then the Patriots, then the Dolphins. Maybe they beat the Dolphins. Maybe I mean if I on
1: sixteen. I want to apologize to the Jaguars for thinking they were the worst team in football. That's all it's me. not even close. Not even close.
2: Thank you for complimenting the Bengals because if the if the Jets are the worst, that means the Bengals aren't.
0: I mean, I would rather I like having to watch the Jets play sixteen games would be awful. The Bengals would beat the Jets seven times out of ten. <laughs> that seems low. Yeah. Bills 31, Dolphins 28. Uh, it was over under first, over under, uh, week seven. Adam Gase gets fired. I think over. I don't,
1: I think over.
2: A I think, I just over. Right I think he'll, sur- I think he'd survive till the bye. Yeah.
0: Okay. Bills 31, Dolphins 28. The Dolphins cover the plus five and a half, the over 42 and a half easily hits. So, so much surprising. There's a lightning delay in this game. Uh, top fantasy performers: Josh Allen, forty-one points; Brian Fitzpatrick, twenty-six points; Mike Geseki, nineteen points. Uh, Allen passed for four hundred seventeen yards with four touchdowns and zero picks for a one hundred forty-seven passer rating. Uh, Allen, with that, uh, has passed for seven hundred twenty-nine yards, six touchdowns, and zero interceptions in the first two weeks of the twenty twenty season. Is the fourth quarterback with at least seven hundred passing yards, six TDs, and zero picks through his team's first two games of a season in NFL history. He joins. Tom Brady in 2015, Patrick Mahomes in 2019, and Peyton Manning in 2013. He is also the first player in Bill's history with 400 pass yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions in the game. So, guys, has Josh Allen taken the leap?
1: Let me ask you this. Let me put it this way to you guys. Through two weeks, who is your MVP? I have two candidates.
0: All right, there's three candidates, I think.
1: All right, go name them.
0: The Russell Wilson. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray.
1: Those are yeah, those are my three. I somehow I forgot. And
0: Aaron Rodgers, I guess you could throw it as a fourth.
1: I think he's four. I think he's not a distant four, but I think he's four.
0: Yeah, and then like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you would.
1: And Patrick one. Mahomes didn't play great on in week two. Yeah,
0: it's fine, Lamar. Mine's Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's gonna take Russell Wilson, but like Josh Allen has a pretty viable case right now.
1: Yep, he and Kyler, I think are right. They're not right there, but if. Russell Wilson was out of the equation. I think it's down to those two.
2: I think Russell's played better teams, and the Seahawks are averaging.
0: Well, I mean, we don't need to debate. The, the, the point is
1: that Josh Allen is in That's the, the point. i argue, argue, Stein over here is trying to, I mean, yes, Russell Wilson's a better. You asked me yeah. who my
2: MVP is through two weeks. I was trying to answer. Instance, I didn't ask a you list. To, I gave you one
1: name. I didn't name. Explain, though. I, just wanted, I just wanted two words. Oh,
2: okay. You should have specified. All
1: right, go ahead about Josh Allen being
2: great. Right.
0: Me? Yeah, let's give you a bunch of stats. I will say
2: the one thing about Josh Allen, and and, and he's really turned the page because everybody, the whole question was, can Josh Allen take the next step? Before the 2020 season started, he had never had a 300-yard game in his career. Boom, he picks that up in week one. Now he has a 400-yard game. It is really insane how far he has come along. And not only that he still missed a couple of easy throws. Like he's still leaving stuff on the table. So he hasn't even tapped out at what his potential is. <laughs> and so he is going to like, so he's only going to get better. And that's what it feels like here. But the only caveat here is that they played the dolphins and the Jets, So I don't know that we know fully how good he is. Cause he's, they're going to get tested this week against the Rams. That's going to be completely different from playing the dolphins or the jets who we called, the worst team in football, you know, their defense has actually been the biggest surprise for me this year, uh, as far as it the been that go, good Because right. it hasn't been that good. And, and we expected so much more from them. And so, you know, they gave up 28 points to the Dolphins. What's going to happen with the Rams? I don't know, but the Rams, I <laughs> put up 40 points. I and mean, the Jets so,
0: scored like 20 points on them too, didn't they? Yeah,
2: 17. So, I mean, but it's still more than, you know, the Jets or you score. expect
0: the Jets to score against an elite
2: defense. Exactly. So it's been interesting that the defense has been kind of the letdown here and Josh Allen's been carrying the team.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, that's what I pointed out to Prisco when he was you know, talking about. It. I was like, look, man, I'm not knocking Josh Allen. Josh Allen is, Josh Allen looks like he may have taken a step forward. And this is the whole thing is if the Bills, if Josh Allen can take a step forward, the Bills are a Super Bowl contender and can win the division. I would still favor the Patriots to win. The I was going
1: to say after what we saw on Sunday night in New England, uh, in Seattle, even though New England lost, I would imagine the Patriots to like, why is Cam Newton on that team? Because if it's Jared Stidham or Brian Horner. You say the Bills are like that.
0: The Bills are like that. The so Bills right. are like, are you kidding me? Why didn't we just sign Cam? Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, Cardinals 30, Washington football team 15, a total beat down in the desert. Sure. Cardinals covered the minus seven, ruined Ryan's perfect day against the spread. Yep. Under 46 and a half hits. Kyler Murray 33 fantasy points. Terry McLaurin 18, Dwayne Haskins 12. Um, DeAndre Hopkins said after the game that there was never a doubt in our mind we would start like this. This team in the locker room we have is a lot of veterans, a lot of good young guys. To be 2-0 and is what we expected.
1: Do you feel like every time he says something, he's directing it directly at Bill O'Brien?
0: Absolutely. Uh This is the first time the Cardinals have been 2-0 since 2015 when they went to the NFC Championship game. Uh, Hopkins, eight catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. He has 22 catches the season, the most in NFL history in a player's first two games of the team. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, 26 of 38, 286 yards and a touchdown, 67 rush yards uh, in the first, 67 rush yards and two rushing touchdowns. He is unbelievable in the open field. I mean, unbelievable. One of of those touchdowns, he was like, like looked like Dante Hall. He broke,
1: not Dante Hall, (laughs) he was the human joystick. He broke whoever that poor soul's ankles were like three times. Yeah. And there's a, a... no shame in it. Like, yeah, yeah, I understand why your ankles broke on
0: that because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. videos. Yeah, you know you get mad at him for it. No, and
1: you know we talk about it every week. Uh, once again, he does a great job of not taking hits, and I
0: think that is critical to his longevity. I, I Cardinals are legit. You can bash me for the Lions all you want. I think I was right on the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, and, and I would also say that uh the one thing that Kyler Murray showed was that how much of a pain in the butt it is to stop a mobile quarterback. Because remember, we saw Washington last week. Carson Wentz was just a sitting duck back there. He doesn't move around like Kyler Murray. He can't even run one-tenth as fast as Kyler Murray, and he got beat up. Well, Washington went in there, thought they were going to do the same thing, and I know Kyler did get sacked three times, but most of the time he was escaping and then either taking off and picking up big yardage or making something crazy happen. And so I just don't think teams, I mean, that's why we're seeing Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, all these super athletic passers are, are runners who also are very good passers are taking over. And, and that's, there's just no way to stop these guys.
1: Yep. I agree. Terry McLaurin still awesome. He's the only playmaker on that team.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that his touchdown pass, Terry McLaurin finished the day with, uh, 125 yards and a receiving touchdown. The, the touchdown came at garbage time. So I'm not going to bang, uh, Pat Peterson too much for. All right. Jaguars, Titans 33, Jaguars 30, my fantasy, my survivor teams move on. Uh, the Jaguars plus seven covers over 44 and a half. Ryan Tannehill, 34 fantasy points. Gardner Minshew, 28. Jadu Smith, 20. What, uh, was this, are, are the Jaguars good?
1: They're not terrible. And they got rid of every player on their team. Again, you were trying to defend, uh, the Lions. I mean, the Jags have traded everyone away. The 49ers the
0: didn't get hurt. They got rid of
1: them all. 49ers had four players dressed. We, we've been through this and they just, the Jaguars show up. Gardner Minshew is a huge part of it. 19 to 20 last week is breach pointed out 30 of 45 on Sunday. Three more touchdowns. Um, yeah, I, I, I they had a chance to win this game out. The, the Titans jumped out to the lead, but then they battled back and they had a chance, uh, to, to make something happen. They didn't. They covered. I won my little bet. So I'm good.
2: Yeah, and I do think that Minshew's a lot better than everyone expected. It, I think a lot of people thought last year was a fluke. All of a sudden, they're thinking, hey, this guy has George. He's a mustache. He's not going to be good. He throws it over the mountains like Uncle Rico, but guess what? He's sort over of the mountains with accuracy, and you look at <laughs> look at their schedule coming up. They have the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Texans, and the Lions before they get to a bye. They could win every single one he's, of those games. He's too good to let them get Trevor Lawrence.
0: Oh, absolutely. They're well, not he- going to get yeah. That's right, because they're
1: going to win football games.
0: Right. They're going to win five or six football games this year, I think.
1: But just about every other team except for the Bengals, should they have the first overall pick, whether it's the Redskins, obviously the Jets. Oh! <laughs> $5? Six. Oh, my goodness.
0: That's the sixth
2: time. In
1: the
2: 30
1: bucks. Unbelievable. All right, go ahead.
2: Um, it, but... but- forget Minshew for a second. I'm going to talk about the other quarterback here, Ryan Tannehill, because he is the player who impressed me the most in this game. Look, we knew going into the season people were just going to say, you know what, we're going to shut down Terrick Henry, and we're going to see if Ryan Tannehill can beat us. And, and he's going to have to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. He was on fire in this game. He made some fantastic throws, yeah. ended up throwing four touchdown passes. Uh Jonu Smith has been a total weapon for him. I think the first drive they connected up two times for like 65 yards. And Tannehill, just every time he had to make a big throw, he did. He went 18-24, to 24, 239 yards. And Jacksonville couldn't really put any pressure on him. He only got sacked once. He'd always find a little way to escape. He doesn't have, like, the Minshew magic where he's scrambling for 15 yards after he escapes, but he gets out of trouble. And, you know, if you're a quarterback, the two things you don't want to do is turn the ball over or take a sack
0: for a loss, and Tannehill doesn't do that. That touchdown pass to Adam Humphreys was an absolute dime. He's getting just crushed in the pocket, throwing it like basically with the, the all arm strength and he throws it almost like across the field into a, like a streaking Humphreys who's like got three guys converging in on him. And it, I mean, just a, a beautiful throw. Uh, this, this game was really close. Like the Titans defense, I think is a problem because they, they couldn't, they couldn't slow down Denver at all. In oh, week right. one, and we're sort of like, Oh, it's week one. Like, what are you going to do? And then. I mean, Minshew and, and company were moving the ball all over the place on him.
1: Maybe that's where Minshew, I don't know. It, it's, it's an incredible story. I will say this. Do you know who is, um, probably most excited after Ryan Tannehill about the way Ryan Tannehill's playing?
2: Uh,
1: Sam Darnold, because once he gets out from Adam Gates' thumb, <laughs> yeah, he going right. to be a, he's going to be a
2: superstar. Gonna I, be a I, and of he's and gonna, Brenton, that's going to Sam Darnold. The, Steelers. the Patriots.
0: No, nah, Steelers would uh, get Sam Darnold.
2: That touchdown pass you mentioned to Adam Humphreys, that was on a third and nine. That's yeah. a key part there because that if he doesn't get it, it's a field goal. Field goals are a coin toss in Tennessee, so who knows what happens. At best. So, yeah, that, that made the throw even crazier. I, know, I will say it's long.
0: crazy that they had two different double-digit leads and still, like, they were tied with the Jaguars um, with – uh, what, a minute and 40, a minute and 50 seconds left. Steven Gostkowski made a 49-yard field goal, and then they picked off Minshew on like the first play of the next drive to uh to seal it. But I mean, yeah, the defense for Tennessee's just been involved and in, they just allowed people to score on them. I think that's a, a bit of a concern. Jacksonville's just going to be involved in shootouts. Yeah.
2: But the defensive defense has come up with big plays when they had to yeah, come they're up with not them, stopping and, the and you know what? They get to play the Vikings next week, so that should fix all their problems.
0: Mm. They're going to route them. Bears, 17, Giants, 13. The final game, Giants miraculously cover plus four and a half. The under 42 and a half hits. David Montgomery, 18 fantasy points. Mitchell Trubisky, 16. Deion Lewis, 11. Ugh. Saquon Barkley, of course, tore his ACL. The Bears are 2-0. And, oh, and the Giants appear to be just a gosh darn awful football team. Uh, they try hard, though. So the Judge has that goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, I watched a lot of that game with, with our resident Giants fans, and, and they were very frustrated even before Saquon got hurt. Once Saquon went out, they actually played a little better. It had nothing to do with Saquon's injury. It's just I, I think they had played so poorly up to that point, they had no choice but to, to play better. Daniel Jones holds the ball too long. He makes bad decisions. He fumbles the ball. He shows glimpses of, of being good. but He had a
0: bad day at the office. It
1: has to be more consistent. I mean, Mr. Biscay, again, he played well the second half in week one. He started strong and then threw some interceptions. He's playing just well enough to get that extension.
0: I told you he's getting that contract. He's getting it.
1: I think you're right. And uh, Joe Musso uh, is an anchor, and he's a huge Bears fan. And he he's like, I don't think they should do it. He's like Sean, uh, Sean the guy. You should uh, five five more bucks for me. Uh, who says you can't do it? But you're gonna do it. I mean, that's that's how he's playing, Mister Biscay. Going to get you to eight wins. I think to pay him thirty. You get, you get
0: the playoffs, Mister Trubisky's getting a thirty million dollar extension.
1: I'd love to hear it.
0: 18 to 28, 190 yards, two touchdowns, two picture mitch from MVP Mitch. Not a great game. David Montgomery <laughs> ran the ball pretty well. I was shocked Allen Robinson didn't have a huge game. Shocked. He got targeted nine times, right? Yep, nine targets, three catches, thirty-three yards. I don't know why he wants to sign an extension to Chicago. Um Danny Dimes, twenty five of 40, 241 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. They had a chance to come to win the game late and
2: Well, the funny thing is that Danny Dimes has his ardent defenders who insist that he is a franchise quarterback. But what we were just saying, what I just say about Ryan Tannehill, that the two things quarterbacks can't do, don't turn the ball over, don't take sacks. Now, understand the Giants' offensive line is absolutely horrible, so you're going to take a sack occasionally, and, and Danny Dimes did here. He got sacked four times. But he also turned the ball over twice. He threw an interception. He lost a fumble. The man is a fumbling machine. I think he set the record for most fumbles per game last year. You just stop fumbling. That's something that you can control. You literally are, that's the one thing in football. You as a player, if you are holding the football, don't fumble the ball and he keeps fumbling. I don't know how you can be comfortable with a quarterback back there who might fumble it on any play. He's touching the ball and he touches the ball on every play. I will,
1: <laughs> I will say, I think he, he will in the long term be fine, but I think Dave Gettleman will have long been fired. Yeah. And don't forget Ryan Tannehill. Wasn't great on and off for many years until he sort of found his way to Tennessee, but.
2: But that was with Adam Gase.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I think there are a lot of issues facing Daniel Jones and in a different situation, he's probably better, but hey, it is what it is. And he's not playing
0: well. Daniel Jones has the most turnovers per game of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Jeez. That's, that, that's I mean, among players in their first five seasons.
1: You're not one in football
0: doing that. That is not good. Um, okay. So let's get to some winners and losers. Uh, give me a winner for the week, Wilson.
1: I'm going to say the New England Patriots. And you might say, wait, they got smoked. They didn't get smoked. They lost by five points on the road in Seattle last-minute play. But Patriots fans are looking and going, oh, my gosh, we have a quarterback. No one else wanted this guy. We thought his foot was hurt. We thought his shoulder was hurt. He is healthy. He is awesome. He's almost over 400 yards. We are going to win not only the division, we're going back to the Super Bowl.
2: My mm-hmm. winner is Harrison Butker. Because he's amazing. That's it. He hit two fifty-eight yard field goals, and the Chiefs actually usually the Chiefs are blowing everybody out, so it doesn't matter. The Chiefs needed every point he had. Plus, he hit that bonus fifty-eight yard or didn't even count. Good for you, Harrison Butker. You're the butt kicker of the week for me.
0: Breach is butt kicking butt kicker. Uh, my winner is Josh Allen. Uh, people, I mean, look, Pete, Pete Briscoe is going to be peacocking about him all week long. There's a bunch of people with Josh Allen MVP tickets that got laughed at. Like that can't happen. And uh Bills fans are—I have no doubt—will be thrashing me on Twitter once again. Apparently, I—I bashed their uh that trash. You know that that food they do, like the trash, garbage plate. I—I—I I, I wrote my picks column. I was went <laughs> up like having some beers, and I was like. This, like, you want to watch this game? You don't want to watch this game. Like I'd really like stare at like whatever that crap local delicacy that, that, that Buffalo has. And like it got on a Bills message board and they all came after me on Saturday. Uh, but I'll, I'll Josh Allen, big winner. I mean, like, you know, Bills get to Peacock, Pete gets to Peacock, Josh Allen gets to Peacock. How about a loser, Wilson?
1: The Falcons special teams coach, the coaching staff, the players, the organization. That cannot happen. Forget the NFL, it can't happen at any level. That's it. Very disappointed. The Falcons lost that football game.
2: Uh The Falcons were going to be my loser, and they probably should be. It should just be unanimous. But since we don't want to have all the same answers, I would just go with Jets fans. Like, uh. Imagine being a Jets fan right now and, and sitting through this and watching a 49ers team that has 14 healthy players beat your team by 18 points. I mean, that's, that's low. It's embarrassing. I, I would love to know what Fireman Ed is thinking right now. It's, it's not good.
0: I was going to say Adam Gase, but instead I'll go Kirby Cousins. Mm. You can add Mike Zimmer to that. Um, add a a whole bunch of people. By the way, sneaky winner too, Jamal Adams. Yeah. Good game. Well, not on the Jets. (laughs) Also that. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I think Kirk Cousins. I mean, how can he, if he plays like that, how long will Mike Zimmer let him stick around? It just sent him to extension. I feel like Zimmer has
2: never been completely happy with Cousins on the team. I, I, I agree with you completely. He right. doesn't
0: want it to be a Cousins team. And, well, that's a bad that news for you, Mike. Entrance. All right, that's the recap pod. We stay up at 2 a.m. We stay up till 2 a.m. So you don't have to. Uh, remember, watch our show 4 p.m. Eastern time, less than 24, less than 12 hours. Like 14 hours away from now uh, on CBS Sports HQ. In those 14 hours, Ryan Wilson will drive to a hotel. Sleep and drive back to his house. Be a fun Monday, Ryan. I
1: gotta do a mock draft tomorrow too before the show, so. Alright,
0: that's the show. Talk to you guys later.